Viewer discretion is advised. You choose your career because you don't want to fail what you started, but then you end up not putting that other part into your family. Then you weigh out what's more important: is it family or career? Mandate. Welcome to Mandate, where we navigate fresh perspectives and nothing is off the table. Tonight's guest is ooh, originally originally from Samoa, uh, from the, the Cradle Polynesia, uh, also the Sacred Centre, uh, 685 Samoa, but also now resides in Tamaki Makaru, Ukilani in Aotearoa, New Zealand. And he is one of the best and one of the highly regarded chefs nationwide in New Zealand, but also internationally as well. Uh, the man is the, the head chef and also the owner of the restaurant called Mr. Morris. Uh, but previous, um, he was the, the owner and the head chef of another restaurant called Meredith's. Um, but the man is, um, he's learned, has taken his, his skills and his owner's skills and has earned a stellar reputation at the Culinary Institute of America, where he studied in several cities, New York City, Melbourne City, uh, the city of Sydney, but also in Damaki Makoto, Okilani. The man is a recipient of, of many plethora of, of awards. Um, best restaurant in New Zealand, and also is the he was honoured with the two hat two hat um, cuisine good foods award in 2022, and many more uh, to say. Uh, but also the man is he's also you your final magazines, blogs, articles. But most importantly, the man is starting his new his new restaurant um, later on this year in October. And so please put your hands together for the chef extraordinaire, the man himself. Michael Meredith! Uh, too generous also, too generous. <laughs> but I've also, hey, thank you, Michael. You have been on the radio, radio um, for, for quite some time now also. And it's a real privilege. It is a real privilege and honour to have you. Obviously, we've been talking a lot um, prior to the cameras being on. Um, but in terms of starting the conversation or starting the, the Talanoa, if you can take us back, take us back to the to the motherland, to the homeland, where it all started for you. Uh, I read an article stating that um, it was your mother's pancake store back in um, in Apia City, where all the kind of um, kind of stemmed from. And so, if you can tell us from your own words, where it kind of all the inspiration, the infatuation of cooking and so forth started for you. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's a long a long story, right? But. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, my story and obviously relates back to, you know, it's not till, until now when you actually look back and reflect. I think that's when you really appreciate, you know, your, your, your history, you know, where you come from and obviously the inspiration of food because, you know, you think about Polynesian life and in, in, in the basics, you actually, you cook, you know, the kids cook quite early, you know. You know, you cook, mm-hmm. you, you build a fire, you put some breadfruit or taro and then you boil it. And that's the basics of it, right? So you grow up around that. And I think for me, it was more, I didn't know it was going to be a chosen career for me. It, it, it almost like, you know, I knew the background of all the stuff that happened. Like my mother was, you know, credit to her because she was, you know, a housekeeper. She cooked all the time and she was very good at it, you know. And I think for that, it played a big part in, in my upbringing subconsciously in, in a sense that was there but I didn't take it all in until I was you know until probably a couple of years ago I reflected on it myself and think wow how did I become so good at this you know and I guess you know credit to her because obviously food was always around she was very good at putting flavors together she used to cater for probably up to a hundred people on their own you know and I think you know for her that was probably just so simple but you know, for me, I guess I didn't really take the in, the moment in in that time. But now I can 
obviously look back at it and luckily enough that I still remember it and know as much as I know now and think wow she was she was incredible you know and I but for her you know that if I really think about food it probably comes down to the the, the pancake stall like you know my mum was there my brother was there and you know it's those kerosene stoves that used to pump you know and then a big pot of fat of beef dripping <laughs> and it and yeah. then you know it was so like you know just imagine a yeasty dough that's just been spooned into it and just fried you know and i think you know i and i try to look into the history of that how did that become a samoan thing because obviously we weren't um you know we didn't think of that you know mm-hmm. like you know a yeast dough and obviously that could possibly came through the germans that came through the samoan that created that sort of like bread sort of started because i mean that's what's the starting of you know samoans doing bakeries it's almost like that german influence right so i guess something stem off that and then you know like any good ethnic people we we take what's there and then we, we make it our own so you know the pancake stores was sort of something that in the rpa market at the time was people go there for breakfast in the morning you know you get pancake pancake with either you know tea or cocoa you know mm-hmm. and so i mean you go back now you see it is probably not the same as it was back then because i think they used to cook it and sell it at the same time where now i think it's pre-cooked mm. and then you just buy it at, at a little safe you know it's it's, it's quite a, a unique thing even like the way the food was stored in osifi that you know they yeah. like, yeah. you know it was like the, the the version of the island fridge but no <laughs> you know it was, no, it was just like you put food in it and it closed the door you know but yeah, it was, it's. I mean, for me, those things actually sort of stem that sort of. I didn't know it until later on that it sort of was almost like put on you, quite at an early age, and then you sort of pick it up. You know, after I left school, I kind of, you know, I so I grew up there, and then we we sort of my mum came here to New Zealand um, for a couple of years before me and my brother came here, and then. Um, I went here. I went. I came to New Zealand. When I was thirteen. I think I went straight to Mount Albert Grammar, uh, and that was a bit of a learning learning curve for me. And you know, it was it was a different different world coming from the Pacific, and you know, you've got broken English and and all that stuff. So you had to adapt a little bit, you know. Um, and then um, I went through school. I I was. You know, I, I enjoyed school, but I wasn't really into the academic stuff. You know, I was I was more. I I remember I like working with with my hands. Obviously, woodwork and and art was sort of something that I really sort of gravitated to in in, in a way. And then I left school because my brother left school as earlier than me, and he, he ended up doing exactly the same course that I followed him doing. Was it the it was a place in K Road that sort of took um, Polynesian and Maori kids and sort of taught them the basics of food and cooking. Mm. And that's how I started. We called Tangata Pacifica, was in K Road. So that's how I started. So I left school. I was into art. The natural colours of food, that creativity sort of was attracted me and then I went into it. And then from there on, it just it just went, you know. And I, you know, it, it's you sort of discover it. I think one thing to start with food, you you sort of attracted to it because obviously the, you know, the colors, the, the physical side of things. But I think it's passion that it, it has to drive you long term. Because if you don't have that, then it's always a little bit harder to sort of sustain that, you know. Because, you know, you you, you end up 
not seeing your friends, you're not seeing your family. And it, it's it sort of you end up sort of sacrificing a little bit of that personal time because you're sort of like you find something else that you're passionate about and you put all your your passion into that and your drive. And for me it was was quite early on in the piece. I remember sort of just doing this this course at at K Road and they put two the top three students to go to AUT, so it was paid through. And I got into that top three, but it was mostly because I was, you know, I, I didn't enjoy the, the written stuff, but I was more, I excel well in the practical work of it. So so that gave me the opportunity to really, like, work with my hands and really enjoy the creativity of, of that process. And then it just took me, I mean, I went from there to, there was a restaurant in... in um, in Hearn Bay at the time called Vinnie's and it's probably you know to me I thought I knew food in, in the sense of what it should be and what it was all about um, but I, I went to this place one of the the, the, the tutors that we had uh, knew in later she sort of worked with the the owner of the restaurant uh, Vinnie's um, David so he was you know I didn't really know f- what it was what it takes to have that kind of caliber of a space until I w- went to Venice I did two weeks there I think I, you know and I think as an island as an island boy I didn't really there were certain parts of the kitchen I didn't like you know the mentality and obviously the how shifts kind of like they you know they drill you or they kind of like it's almost like rule and fear in a sense mm. and coming from a you know a Polynesian background I really hated that because obviously if you if somebody's going to give you a hiding you you really re- you rebel you know you kind of mm. like you're gonna stand up for yourself because you're kind of like you're gonna you're gonna piss you off. <laughs> so there's certain things like you know in the kitchen, you know, when if the chef yells at you, you're gonna like, <laughs> you know, it's not for me. But you just gotta to learn to sort of like not react, you know. And that's one thing I I one of the things I had to really learn not to. I mean, I knew I had to stand up for myself if I had to, but I wasn't gonna overstep a senior person telling me if if something is wrong, like if I'm, so I have to like really learn to like, okay, take it on board and then learn, you know, but you know, through that system, you're always going to have shifts, they're little dickheads, you know, and they're going to be trying to tell you what to, just because of their own ego, right? You know, and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff like I didn't like. So I just sort of went in the, in the thinking like, you know, you want to treat people the way you want to be treated mm-hmm. in the kitchen, but you know, so that you go through certain places and you really know how to like, either look after yourself because people will sit you up and like, you know, as you mm. tend to grow and, and go to, especially overseas international restaurants, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's a brigade system. So they kind of almost like set you up, you know, <laughs> you know they all sabotage your prep just to tell you to go down doing service, oh, you know? Wow. So loads of kind of stuff. It's just, I mean, now it's a little bit different because people, it's about collective and people are a bit more aware, but in those early days, you, you really have to have your back, you know, like you have to make sure that you're, you're almost like you don't have to go on the, on the break to make sure that your prep is like ready to go, you know. But I mean, that was probably the first place when I went to Vinnie's was the first place I saw things being made from, from scratch, from ice cream to bread, you know, stocks and all those things like, you know, there were things that I, I wasn't open to. And then I remember seeing on the shelf some of the cookbooks he had, you know, and just going through, at the time, there was a chef from the UK called Michael Pure White, and the cookbook he put up was called White Heat, and it was this, 
because the image of cooking of cooking that time was quite you know you kind of um well dressed right you got a white your whites your hat mm. and the neckties so everything was kind of like uniform quite controlled in, in a sense and there was this guy you know he sort of at that stage he had like two michelin stars which is a big deal in in the world of food and he was it was kind of like hair out you know smoked <laughs> But the food was putting out was was incredible, you know, and it was sort of like mates made you think if you're creative, if you're in that creative realm, you understand creativity doesn't bound you by because of what you look like, right? So that's the kind of thing that really like triggered me. I was like, well, you know, you don't have to be, you know, especially coming from a Polynesian background, it was because there's not many of us in that sort of in that field at that time. It made me realize like you can do. You know, you can do pretty much what you want to do, but you just got to make sure you know the basics. You know, you got to learn your basics well, then you can sort of like move from there. Um, and then, and then, it's, I guess that place really set that fire in me, and and I, I kind of like walked away, said to myself, um, you know, one day I'm gonna have a place like this. You know, and I just set it out to the universe at that time and to God, and I said, you know, I don't know how it's gonna happen, but I just had that sense of like feeling that okay I, I can do this you know and then um yeah so the, i left there i went through i you know it's fortunate enough to to work for most shift owner operators um because you really learn in a smaller i remember learning in a smaller team you know in a smaller environment because you you watch them make mistakes and then you learn from those mistakes and i i know somehow i was not never just to go back to Vinny's, um, David actually sort of wrote my report at the end because obviously when they send you to do it in their stage or two week work experience, they, they give the they give them a form to fill out like what was his appearance, you know, or everything was average, right? <laughs> and then on the bottom it says, "Oh, um, never ask any questions," you know. And I was, and it's, it was so true. I never because you know I was quite shy in in the sense because I didn't want to like. I was like, oh, I don't want to ask in case he like yells at me. So, but I absorbed a lot by by watching, you know, just watching the mistakes being made, and and I I guess I was that kind of learner where people like they'll ask questions, and I but I wasn't like that. I was just more just watching, observing, and learn from that, and then I sort of go on and create my own sort of fantasy world of food, you know. But then uh, from there, I went, you know, worked for some really good good own operators who sort of like set me up to go to America on a scholarship that went there. And that was really like the turning point of like going to this, to America and going to, a, you know, the, the CIA, which is a culinary institute upstate. That really sort of like opened my eyes because in the, again, you know, coming from here, you know, my perception of what American food was like was just burgers, fries, you know. And then you go to New York where it's like the capital of like, you know, creativity, you know, and the world was just like that. You know, it turned me upside down just thinking of like how creative you can be, you know, when it comes to food. Like you can just create things to your own palate, you know, and I think that was the turning point. I really came back and like, like, wow, you know, it's good to travel, you know, and that's the other thing about food is like, because, you know, we, we don't realize we actually eat food every day. And the more we eat, the more it, actually our palate develops in like, you know, what you like, what you don't like, you know, the, the the difference of putting two certain things together that works, you know. So all those things is like at that at that point I was like, wow, you know, just 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 made me wanna like 
dig more into it. And I guess I, in that back of my head, I always wanted to do my own business. But I just like, how am I going to do this? I've got no money. <laughs> but, you know, it was just that belief. And I think now it's so important for people to have that dream, you know, just to dream of something that you know. The universe will give it to you, you know. You just got to... You got to do the work. You can't just, you can't get it for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to, you gotta have to do the work and then you have to believe in it, you know? And I think you tell people that everything's possible, you know, and they can't, you can't set those limits and say, I can't do it, you know, because obviously if you want something enough and you want it and you dream enough, and you work for it and it will come to you, you know, it's just the way the world and the universe works. Like God works that way, you know? So it's, it's, it's one of those things that I, I guess I, at that point, I didn't really understand that. But I knew that belief in, 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 in yourself and know that there is something else that it sort of provides for you that really like pushed me, you know. And I, and I you know, don't get me wrong, I sort of, you know, there were, there was, it's hard to, to be in the industry and, and sort of go through those motions. And because it's, you know, it's, the hours are not easy, um, you know, and I guess the, the choices you make sometimes with, with, especially in food and you're around alcohol and certain things that because you, you know, you're working late to the at night and then when you're trying to unwind, you know, you're out, you know, and all those things, this is part of the lifestyle that sometimes we fall into it. And if we're not smart enough or you're not sort of focused enough, you actually fall into it long-term. And then, you know, because cooking, it's such a short, it's a short time that you make, you can work hard then you have to step into a different level of like, you know, you gotta, as your brand sort of branch out a little bit more, you gotta, you gotta build on that because it may, by the time you get to your forties and you're, you're still cooking it, you, you actually become quite disgruntled about because it's, you know, it's not a young man's game, right? You, you know, if you're in the kitchen all the time, unless your own business, you don't, you know, it doesn't worry if you're doing it for yourself, but, if you're sort of getting to your 40s and you start looking around the, the team around you and the guys in their 20s cooking, it's just starting their career and you're there, senior still cooking, it doesn't give you much. Like, you know, and it's, and I tell the young chefs now, you know, you got to plan, you got to plan out because, you know, that, that time you spend cooking, you know, it's actually that you're investing in your time, but also you have to invest in your future, thinking ahead of like, because cooking, there's only certain things you can do. You can either own your own career or you, you know, not not everyone's going to own their own business at the end of it, right? It's it's a career that you you get into it because you're passionate about it. But then sometimes you've got to plan out what that passion looks like when you get a bit older because, you know, passion is hard work, man. And, you know, you got to make sure that, you know, you got to do things that either will grow your, your brand or your name or your whatever business that you've got to venture into. So you can't always, because, you know, people do change career at the end of it, you know. And I, I guess, you know, my story sort of, from there, I, I opened a few restaurants and I came back here, did a bit more traveling. And then I always, I came back and I actually went back to Vinny's and I was like a head chef there after all the, the average reform. <laughs> but it was, it was a nice end to the story because I mean, I think David didn't understand me or understood what I was like, you know, but I guess... You know, I, I, my, my cooking and I did, you know, some cooking competitions and I guess you get your name out there and, and people say, oh, you know, if they're looking for someone to, you know, oh, this is young kid, you know, that, so your name pop up. So it helps because obviously when you work for the right people, it kind of sort of like 
directly to the right to the right you know opportunities when they when they do come so yeah i mean and then um i you know i ended up having my kids quite you know earlier you know early part of my life and and that was always a challenge um but then i ended up you know opening my own business at that time around the same time and I, and that was more me like working opening a couple of restaurants and i was you know you start thinking is this dream real or is i'm just like pipe dreaming here because you know you're you're almost like you're running because you're working so hard right you're working you know you and you don't mind working with, with other people but you know there's a point where you're kind of like you want to do it for yourself and you want to do it your way you know and because that's the always the things like i want to do it my way and i want to do it this way because you you know it's a creativity part of the world that uses certain things you want to do it yourself and you think i could do better than this you know or i can do it better than him but the only way you can prove that to yourself is by going out and do it yourself then you know if your if your ideas are you know works to be that way and then i guess for me i opened one more restaurant in auckland and i you know we it went really well but i was like i was inside i was actually kind of like frustrated with myself and i was like man what am i what am i doing you know i was like it was sort of i was just you know i wasn't enjoying it at the end you know and i was like i was literally i was literally saying i said to one night i said okay you gave me this dream <laughs> You gave me this belief, you know, I want to do something for, for, for myself. If it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen now. I'm not, I'm just going to, <laughs> I'm going to give up cooking right now. And it just, it, I mean, I think at that point, I guess it was just enough. And I just sort of, somebody said, I had my notice in and then everything just unfolded. And, you know, um, we met an investor and, you know, he, he believed in, in the dream that I was going to, trying to do and he sort of came on board and then yeah that's how we opened my the first restaurant you know and then um, it all just you know it was it was it was another level of hard work when you're actually working for yourself you know but you know you learn a lot about yourself in that process you know you you learn what you're capable of obviously your your fears your failures and your drive what the motivations are you know what you know and what it means to you and obviously your values and things that and sometimes you always all that stuff will always come back up regardless of you thinking oh you think you're learning it you're doing it and then it happens again like it just it's, it's almost like a repeat <laughs> runs on this wheel and and i guess it just sort of reminds you you know it just keeps reminding you okay you just you just got to believe in this and 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 there are times you know you're always going to be like man not this again you know but it is it, it always it builds a little bit of character in yourself, you know, and I think that's in those years and those characters, that's what you rely on over time because that's, that's the stuff that really gives you that backbone that you think, okay, I've been here before. I don't know. And I don't need to do overdo this all over, you know, because it's sort of, that's why I guess people always talk about experience and you don't really know that until you're, you're in it yourself and, and you get the valuable lessons out of it, man. So, yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing. What a journey. Yeah, what a journey. <laughs> that's exciting to hear. That's what your journey also. And so when you did decide, okay, this is the time I'm going to jump in, uh, out, out in faith and the investor jumped on board, was it everything that you expected to be, um, Michael? Was it obviously, the, obviously you talk about hard work, character building, but once you got your um, everything in motion and everything started to kind of build up and you th you're thinking, man, 
this is my dream. It's 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 eventuated. Mm. It's come to life. But was it everything you you expected it to be, or, the, or, or more? Yeah, I think it's. I mean, with any anything that comes into fruition, there's always more, right? There's more regardless of a success of you know your learnings uh, and failures. I mean, but it's always more because obviously the the door is keeps opening wider and wider, mm. you know. And I think the more you sort of probably go into it, you realize certain things about yourself that maybe in the past you're not so sure of, you know. And I guess. F- and there's a point too where you're just in there and you're kind of like stuck. You're kind of like, is this is this really what I kept out to be? You know, because you realize like, for this, for this wheel to turn, you got to be there, right? You know, and I think that's for me that at some point, you know, I mean, we did mirrors it for ten years. There was some success in my career, and obviously the brand of what you built on from there. But then also personal failures in my own life, you know. Obviously, with my my kids and my family, things like that, that I always didn't really want to repeat. But it just happens, you know. Like it happened, and you almost there are points of your that your career tends to almost like you choose your career because you're you're like you you don't want to fail what you started, you know. But then you end up like not putting that other part into your family you know like you know it makes it hard and I guess those are the lessons that I I guess I take away from it and you then you weigh out what's what's more important you know is it family or career you know I think there's there's a definitely a line that you have to make sure that you try to balance for both but I think when you're young and you're sort of like pushing your life and you want your career to to make headways you're always going to put your career first and it's a hard thing because it's sort of, you know, if you're honest enough with yourself, you, you do, you feel like, okay, this is, you know, probably there's a bit of an ego yourself that you want to like, because you're here now and you're like, I want to push this part of myself more. And and it's more like what you, the more you invest in something, then that's probably the part of you that's going to excel a lot more. And, you know, and those are the things that I always like look back at now and, I'm, I think I'm fortunate enough now because I had my first kids and then I sort of, that didn't go <laughs> too, too in a sense how I want it to be. And it was, it was just hard too because when you're, when you're running your own business, you're fully invested, you know, and your mind is set there. And even on my days off, I'm not like, you know, your kids are around, but you're not because you're just like thinking about next week, it's busy, what's this, what's that, the staff's this, sick. So, you're always sort of, you're not present, you know. And those are the things I, I, those are some of the things I do look back now. It's like, wow, how could I change that? I didn't really, you know. And that's the hardest thing sometimes when you, you know. And I, I look back now when you look at, you know, to get off the topic, you look at broken families, like you know, you know, especially kids that come up with no fathers or fa- or mothers in their in their life. It's like, it's hard, you know, because you, obviously there's no that role model that sometimes is close to you. That's vulnerable enough to teach you right because then sometimes you're just learning by yourself you know and where do you learn from that obviously watching tv or something because that's how you it's like how did you be because nobody teaches you how to be a dad unless you witness it right you witness it as a growing up as a family so things like that you know you always like you could you could do better at but it was sort of it's just you learn as you go you know and i guess i put a lot into my career um at times and it sort of you know now I, good thing is like life is always forgiving and you 
you get more opportunities to work on on those things and you know i try to work on those things now um am i fortunate enough to have two young kids now too so i'm trying to balance that with work which is it's it's you know it's it's just making that choice and i guess when you're a bit older and you're a bit more wiser you you know what you, what's more important you know um yeah, man, all levels. Yeah. i'm really interested in your um your passion like where does your like you know people talk about passion and they talk about drive and you almost just use the word but there's what was the fire like that just keep you going from coming from samoa going to school then going to the um culinary course and then like all these opportunities you kind of did on your own yeah i think like what, what was, was the it? drive what was the drive you just keep like just as patia was um doing that intro i'm like wow these yeah, are some massive accomplishments and um and you're right there is a cost unfortunately yeah there's always cost a cost co- everything yeah. we do but what was i'm really interested in your drive i think i don't know i you know when I, I i was asked I've asked myself that kind of in an honest way. It's like, what is the drive? What is yeah. the... I mean, there was... If I lo- really look back on it, it's like when you when you actually have nothing, y- mm-hmm. you drive to succeed, right? Because obviously, you, you know, when we when we came here, my mom, I guess my mom was a live-in. She was, she was living with the priest. So when we came here, my mom was working for the priest in in Mount Albert, right? So she was a living. She did exactly what she did in in, the, in Samoa, but yeah. she was living with the priest in Mount Albert. So we we came from Samoa and lived with the priest. So that was like a, you know, <laughs> was a kind of an interesting life. Um, um, so you know, religion was always a big part of 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 growing up in the Pacific because my mum used to go to mass every every morning without fail. So we used to like we we grew up understanding that, but. You know, you, you you sort of end up just turning up, and you're not really aware of, you know, the presence of God, or you know, you not don't think of that stuff because you're just there because you have to go to school in the morning. <laughs> but yeah, so we came here. She she was there cooking for the priest, and we ended up living there right next to Marist. It was a girls' school, you know. So Marist was here, and Mount Albert Grammar was just down the other side of the road. So. I guess what we always felt. Um, I remember when we first came from Samoa, and my mum, the priest was very—he was—he was one of those strict guys, right? Real strict. And he's—I don't know—it was just his way. But I, you know, I was quite ma about the the way, like after mass, you 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 say to the to the church, like, "Oh, my teacher's sons are here. They need some clothes. Can you guys don't?" And the minute he said that, I was like, out the door, man. I was like, because <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you were just yeah. like embarrassed, you know, yeah, like embarrassed, like, you know. Because you're 13, 14, eh? Yeah. It's that I was, really I was enough, yes. you know, and my, I understand what he was saying, but I was like, you know, and he used to like sort of advertise that, you know, school holidays to keep up busy. You you're, uh, asked the congregation, like, if anyone need any gardening, you know, Milton and Michael would be there on the weekend oh, to yeah. weed the garden. And you know, was he, he meant well, but you know, it was kind of like, wow, you know. And I guess for me, it was kind of, I had that sort of, it, it wasn't embarrassed with your ma because it was like, wow, it's almost like you're being you're picking for your for your yeah. life, you know. Like, so I guess you know, in the back of my mind, it, that sort of played a part in my drive. Mm. Sort of like, I don't want to be in this situation. Like, yeah. 
you know, my mum was the way it was, you know, it was just, it was not out of her control, you know, she, she bought us the best she could, gave us the opportunity to come here, and I guess it was for me to make something out of my life, you know, and I guess that drive was always like, <laughs> I don't want to be like, you know, grow up and I'll be like, oh, my kids are here from someone looking for clothes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. don't want to fall back into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess once you're in that roller coaster, you your drive, you just like, you know, you want to succeed, you know, yeah. and you want to succeed because obviously it's, it's sort of something that you, and it's a commitment to yourself, you know, mm. because you just want to, you know, you, out of everything, you, the more you prove to yourself, to yourself, you actually, it gives you that inner strength that no one can take away that from you because obviously it's something that you earned, you know, and earning mm. something like that just gives you that pride that, yeah. you know, and it's not just, you know, it's something that you, you know yourself, like when I mean, it comes down to it, you can, you can get your hands dirty and do it, you know, and that's something that I've, I think that drive, it's in, in, in every human being, I, I believe, you know, you find that some of the people that's probably done so well in the world, I think that those kind of stories always touch you. Like yeah. people that come from nowhere, you know, and like yeah. put everything into it and just because they believe in, in themselves and they believe in something, you know, and I guess, mm. you know, and I, I guess for me, I was fortunate enough to take the opportunities when they were there and then it's just given me that belief of like, the more you do it, the more you believe in it, you know, yeah. because you're like, you know, people can doubt you, whatever, but, you, you know, if you start doubting yourself, that's when it all goes wrong. You know, mm. because, you know, people will always doubt you, will say things like, but if you don't, you know, if, but if you really believe in your, in your own strength and obviously there's a, a bigger power that is above you and then mm. all that stuff just unfolds away, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I like that you say that, like, cause you're right. You can start off there, eh? And it unleashes this fire. But like you had described as you, I, I like took us on that journey of your, um, your professional career journey, like the passion, you have to keep lighting it. Yeah. And I can imagine that while that might have been the starting point, like to me it sounds like you just have a drive to achieve or you have a drive to, like you embrace challenge. You're not one to just go, oh, it's hard, pull yeah. back. You're like, cool, challenge, <laughs> nice. Let's yeah, I mean, one up this. And yeah. I, I like that. I think it's. Yeah, I think we all, I mean, we always go, it's nice to have a, you know, a challenge that really, it challenges you because I think, you know, and don't get me wrong, you know, challenge and pressure and stress all comes within within that mm. field, like you know. And I guess there are times like you do, um, you do wonder, like, what am I doing? You know, I'm like because you, you know, you sort of things creep in into your thought. But for me, generally, I, I I do like the challenge, and I guess when you look at what's in front of you, if if the opportunity is is great, and you feel like it's for you, you take it, you know, and and you know that you're going to, you know, internally you have that conversation with your, with your, with your mind sometimes. And well, you're just what like, do you say? Like, that's what I'm also interested in because you say, I I believe in it. I believe in it. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's the self-talk? What are you saying to yourself? Because this is this, you know, what you've accomplished is amazing and there's so many people who have this vision of themselves. They just can't get past those little barriers. Yeah, I think. I, well, for me, to be honest, I mean, it's, it's my it's faith, right? You know, and, you know, and faith in God. It, I mean, mm. all the stuff is without without Him is not possible. And I think that's sort of something that, yeah. and all of us, we should understand that. But sometimes people are just sort of um, far re- or 
maybe five removed or maybe not um, want to acknowledge that part of themselves because it, it's, it's, it's quite important, man. I mean, it's sort of, you know, I, I guess for me, that journey sort of started quite early with with my mum and obviously the Pacific Island religion is a drum into you, but <laughs> it's not until a bit later on when you actually sort of explore your own, your own, you know, relationship with God and you realise like, man, you know, the door's open. He's always, he's always going to be there for you, yeah. you know. And I guess that gives you that sort of, in the, well, for me, it's almost, I had to go through the physical stuff first, you know, just to do things on my own. You know, I've always asked for help. You know, and help is always there, but sometimes you have to go for it yourself physically because that's how you sort of, you, 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 you break that um, mental barrier that you can't do it. Once mm-hmm. you break that mental oh. barrier, you know, you then you, you trust yourself more and obviously because you have a, a big force above you, mm. you know that it's, it's doable. You know, I think, I mean, that's the thing I always, it's kind of hard to sort of, you know, like like sometimes we go to to a school and, you know, I've sort of done some work with Polynesian kids and, you know, they, you know, you especially you, you, you go to Samoa, I went and I spoke to the school there and I sort of just use my life as an example to them because I, you know, I said, you know, I'm I'm from here. I was born here. You know, but the the world can change. You know, you just the opportunities there's you can you know they just look at you like, but you know that's a you know that possibility of somebody saying something. You, you know, you can speak in a room, and we all know this. You, you can say one thing that will just light somebody up. You know, and that one thing, maybe two people in that room will probably take something away from you. You know. The rest were just like, oh, I've heard this before, but you just there's always something that inspires somebody to change, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's a beautiful thing about life. Like, there's so many inspirations out there, stories of people that we can relate to, yeah, that they share. And sometimes you're just like, wow, especially now, man, everything's on social media. Like, you can listen to somebody and be like, wow, you know. Like, I was listening to, um, what's the, f- the, the <laughs> crack me up, it was one of your podcasts. Um, what's in the fighter? Um, Fighter, fighter, Jason Sutty, because <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, we kind of knew Jason Sutty around that area, rich, yeah. that Great Lynn area, yeah. And he's always this man, you, you like, you know, his background, and you just don't want to, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I saw the, the story of the Rambo story, and he was talking about, <laughs> we can all relate, we can all relate. <laughs> and you could just see it, man. I was like. But this is, you know what I mean? Like, it's a mindset, right? Yeah, You yeah. build that on. It's like, almost like he believed he was going to go to school, fight this dude. And to get him <laughs> tough, he was just gonna, not going to cry, right? But that, you know what I mean? Like, what you put into yourself is the outcome of what yeah. you're going to do, right? So it's sort of, you know, little stories, I, I, you know, it's a crack up. I was like, man, I wonder why he was always walked around school. So <laughs> you didn't want to like, you don't want to do those ones to him, man. <laughs> But I, I love what you've just said, and I don't know if, um, and I hope, it, I hope it's a penny that drops for people who are listening tonight, that you can think things and you can, um, you know, you, it can, can kind of sit in your head. But what you just said that's so profound is you have to move it. You've got to do it. You have to. now transfer this from the mental to the physical. And I was just listening. Who's that Goggins guy? David. David, David Goggins. He's like this real resilient army SOS dude. Yeah. And they always test his mentality and um, – I was just watching something maybe last week and they were just saying, what makes him so... I think a psychologist was just looking at him and they were just saying, what makes this dude so fearless? Mm. And what makes him fearless is he stands in the field. Yeah. (laughs) He faces it 
but not just mentally, physically as well. So when they said, what are you most scared of? He said, a white shark. And then they put him in this, then they had a virtual thing of a shark and they said, who wants to be the first person to stand in it? Puts his hand up, runs right in there. And yeah. I was like, and like, you just said that again. And it's like, you know, people who are at, you know, who live their um, dreams, mm. who live it, it comes out, it, it, they transfer it from the mental to the physical. I love that. I think because, I mean, we're very physical, right? It is a physical world. Mm. So I guess for us, every one of us has to go for it physically yeah. to actually, you know, then you're emotionally like, you move that barrier and you're like, okay, you know, it's doable. Yeah. There's nothing, you know, it's undoable. So that's cool. I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't like snakes. So I don't think I'll ever pull my hand. <laughs> <laughs> that's powerful and um you know you just got to keep doing in the midst of all the challenges and the failures and yeah even when you're saying um there was that point when you got frustrated and i'm like wow you know and you're just like now at a crossroad yeah and i mean there was i mean that was that's how we shut mirrors at the end actually because i was like you know, I was. You know, you always know that there's a time for. I, I, I believe there's a time for everything, mm. right? There's a time and space for. I always just say like time and a space where you have your time. You always, we all have our time in the sun. So there's a time and a space when you know, it's stop. Like, otherwise, you you go over that. You're actually not there 100. percent Yeah. You know, and and that what happened. At, I think at Muratus, I think eight years when it was eight years in, I was not feeling because you know I was like. I was doing everything, you know, I was like on my days off, I was, you know, this is running of a small business, right? You know, you're doing everything from the payroll, you know, you you you, you have to. Mm. So at the end of it, it was actually, it was burning. I wasn't enjoying what I love the most was, which was the creativity of, of food. Yeah. You know, I wasn't creative anymore. It was just, every time I think about creating something, I, my brain was just like shut down mm. or just like, nah, you know, not mm. today. Have another drink, man. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you you get into Burn those out. yeah you get into those phases of your career and your life and you're just like wow. So I had to make that call. I was like I knew I knew I had to make that call because it was just I wasn't enjoying it. But then your mind overthinks things and you're like oh what are you gonna do when you do this? You know what are you gonna do with your career? You know all those things come in and I think sometimes those thoughts actually keep people in something that they don't enjoy. Because you were like too scared to uh, take the risk, yeah, take the risk or step out and like, uh, I can, you know, I I was in that space and I was like, well, but that, you know, the same thing, that internal feeling, I was like, no, you got to do it, you know, when you when you're hundred percent convinced, nothing can stop you, like you gotta you you gotta make the call, and the signs are there, man. When you when you know the signs are there, you gotta you gotta you gotta act to that because otherwise. Life will just keep slapping you and you just don't, you don't get it, you know. Well, that takes a lot that's of courage. Yeah. Well, so it takes courage to start something and then do it well and then it takes courage to end step it. Step away. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, I think Even that, amongst um, voices at that time, because you were still thriving, eh? And there would be voices telling you, hey, what yeah. are you closing for? Yeah, I mean, I mean, those, I mean, that's the thing that people are always like, why? It's silly, but yeah. you know yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, once you know yourself, you know you're not, you can't be there. You, you just... Everything is just not working, you know. Mm. So I mean, I you just have to like trust that, and I, it's just that trust. And over years, you, you have to develop that trust. You know, you, know, you trust with God, or you trust mm. to yourself, whatever that means to somebody. You just have to have that trust, you know. And you got to believe in that because obviously, mm. there's 
out of your life that's all you have sometimes you know mm. <laughs> that thing you talk to, that voice that you could talk to or your, yourself you know so yeah so i you know we just i made that call and plus at the time i i met you know my partner of my the mother of my children now um we're not together anymore but you know so she she was very different and i guess you know she, she brought a different sort of look of life into my life and that was quite positive and and then she you know she was pregnant at the time so we were like i thought wow cool man this is, gives me the opportunity to, to focus on this and then start a sort of something different and then you know i i was i was actually involved in a few setups like we had, we there was a business called eat my lunch that we started in k road and that was sort of something that gave me it wasn't sort of high-end food but we were like selling lunches and then on the side give a lunch to a school out all in south auckland and so that was you know that was enough stuff consulting see stuff that kept my focus in it but then i didn't have to be there most of the time so then i stopped yeah then you know we had frankie um did a lot of traveling and obviously you when you're traveling and you're eating you know and that's always something that part of my travel was always like what's the best restaurant here you know because you, you know the things you're interested in and you invest your time into that and um through that period it was like three years i took off i was actually you know that itch come back again mm. like and you know and like you want to do something else you want to do something else and yeah obviously you go you go back into it you know and you go back into it and then i end up slipping again of the family side on on not working you know and it was tough it was tough for me because obviously now i'm like man two fail relationships through this in, in this business and i just didn't know what the man how i'm gonna get this right you know because it's just hard because you know when i'm when i'm committed to a business i can't step away until i know in my time frame that it, i can't sort of set something up and just walk away it just it wasn't in my way of thinking about doing a business and you know so we you know you can't win everything and that's the hardest thing and mm. to try to balance that off your life of you know doing well in one way and not doing so well on the other side you know so like yeah so i guess you know in all everything you know i guess you make choices and, and that's very true we always get given choices but sometimes the career that i've had has some personal costs to me that probably only me will understand mm. that value and, and obviously what i missed out on but you know now like i said you know like i'm I'm blessed enough to have the opportunity to to do that now with my younger kids and try to build on the relationship with my older kids you know and that's always and that's a you know that's a different challenge on its own you know like but you know with, with now with this opportunity coming up with with the sky city it allows me to be creative without having the the full back work of opening a business you know because they got massive support you know from them and you know it's a, it's a great location and you know to do really something that i was quite happy to to do and obviously highlight where i'm from and the food that we're, we're trying to, to create it's it's you know it's, it's massive and i guess it's you know it's made it's probably to be honest probably the second nervous i've been 
obviously do creating a space as with this and it should and it should it should be the easiest setup because obviously all the other stuff you know apart from the food all the other stuff is taken care of by the support team from from sky city but i don't know it's just something about it that i'm like i don't know it's put me on the edge yeah and and, and nerves are good i mean it's sort of you know it almost like you you (laughs) it's like you build a story this high and you're like how am I going to climb up there <laughs> you know and, and that's the thing with, with anything like ex- the expectation always kills the the reality you know like yeah. you know because you it's like anything in the business and especially the food side of the world like you built expectations and people will always will come like oh you know what we're doing is a Polynesian themed restaurant and I'm aware of what that means to people and but then I guess people don't understand what it means to me you know, and I guess it's delivering the vision of of what I think Polynesian food should be, mm. you know, yeah. and something that we should really celebrate a lot mm. more in that level. And, and, you know, and I guess, you know, in the, in the level of what I feel like it, it belongs, you know. Yeah, Michael, because there's some great insights also, really great insights and so really much. great self-awareness uh, in terms of obviously um, just moving, pushing through, um, but it seems like, you know, when you when you shut shop with um, Meredith's the, the, your restaurant, and you went on, on a bit of a hiatus. Were you thinking of at that time, like, okay, this is enough for me. I'm not gonna focus on the family. But you, you said you had to itch again to come yeah. and restart. So, were you thinking of that's it for for you, or and then until you got the itch? No, I mean, you know, I think I, I've questioned myself that on on that point of like because you know when you. Life is, is, you know, the, the the expression of like life is always green on the other side, which is not right. You know, it's <laughs> it's what it's in front of you that what really matters. But you don't think that because your your mind is going so far here that, you know, when I at the point when I was actually had enough of of mirrors, I you know I was like nothing was nothing about the restaurant was making me like want to be there. And then I took that time off, and then obviously traveling and eating, and it just refueled you more to want to come back and come back but and then i also realized there were things that i was unproductive at home and i was not used to that you know and i guess that probably some of the challenges that i didn't knew i didn't know in myself was like because i worked so much that i didn't really know how to not work and relax you know and then you actually become quite destructive in a sense because you have all this energy and you're not used to like having all this time to, you know, and it's, it was for me, I actually didn't feel productive enough in the relationship or contributing into our life. And that was probably was my own mental blocks in myself because obviously I didn't, um, you know, I've supported myself through my life, you know, and I guess when suddenly someone else is sort of like supporting you or you you know, I just, I just didn't sit with me. I don't know, I didn't feel... And that was just my own personal stuff that I I needed to go back out and, and sort of earn my own way. And, and those are the things I just, you know, you have your own battles and those are the things that you either accept and, and move on and learn from or you just like, <laughs> you know. But for me, it was, it was a creative outlet because I, I needed, I need to... I had ideas and I still wanted to, you know... You know, I, I'm not retired, and then I'm like, man, I'm I, I'm not doing anything, and I just wanted to go back in and and start a new idea, 
and obviously that's how we sort of you know there were there were a lot of people involved and what was initially what we were going to do in Brudomart was was with a, a group of other people but more working with food waste you know creating a restaurant that sort of create a lot of um, f the menu of stuff that's collected excess stuff that collected off supermarkets and stuff like that mm. but it just didn't it didn't um, it didn't work for some particular reasons and then the people that I was with sort of um, moved out and then me and my partner Claire at the time we we went into Mr. Morris and created the concept that what it is now um, you know and then through that period you obviously learn to work a little bit different you know because it's a bigger team I've come my background was always in a smaller restaurant I was hands on you control everything and that's always the hardest thing is like letting go of control because it's sort of the ultimate of like you want everything to be on you how you want it to be <laughs> and then that's, that's another thing that you know you all just you can't sleep at night until you know <laughs> you know everything is ticked off you know and that's a hard thing because you you know, you lose sleep over the simplest, the simplest thing that the long term doesn't mean anything. But in your mind, you you, you see, this is the intensity of that mm. controlling. You know, like you want to make sure that everything, the lights are turned off the right way. The doors, it's yeah. just the details, and the details are <laughs> what makes certain people to tick in a way. But then also, you can you know, you can really dismantle you a little bit, you know, mentally sometimes. Mm. So going into um, to Mr. Morris, it was a bigger team. You know, I knew I had to sort of like, I couldn't be hands-on so much. So, you know, we employed quite a full team. And, you know, even now I've got a, a good head shift. That's why I'm here and he's he's at work. Um, so you put people in to do the restaurant. You know, you're there, but collectively there's other people on board. So then you end up working on other concepts because obviously, you, you know, I need a challenge and you know an opportunity is always there for you to do something and then um yeah and you sort of your career just it you know your career will progress differently you know like you work your way up then on the way up you have more opportunities to create you know and then so now i'm in that, that process of like doing something slightly different you know but let go a little bit of control <laughs> Yeah. What does creativity look like for you? Like when you're making these new, like, you know, when you're trying to create a new um, cuisine or a new dish, like what does the creative process look like for you? Are you in the kitchen on your own just with a whole yeah, I mean, raw I mean, materials? Like hot or, yeah. The, it's always been the, the ingredient is always like the focus, right? You know, it, it always like that's where you start. It's obviously the, the ingredient because obviously that's where you need to change this in, in some way. But then I guess from there, um, for chefs especially, um, when you're a lot younger, you're kind of like your mind, you're, you're working with your mind a lot. And in your net process is all about te technique and technical t things that change the structure of the food visually. You know, you're looking at... Because, you know, when people are eating, you almost like you want to engage their senses. And it's always the eyes, the smell, and the wow. taste. Ultimately, the food's got to be delicious, regardless, right? Mm. Because otherwise, you can eat something that looks amazing and it tastes like nothing. 
Are you, you watching from the kitchen when people eat your food? Like just to see those mm. sensations? <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> Just a ticket. A ticket. Just give me a thumbs up, thumbs up. Yeah. I think. In, I mean, at that point, I think now you don't really sort of yeah. like you. You kind of trust what you're putting out, mm. like you know, because you kind of know, yeah. you know, the senses of of your taste. You know, was going to be, you know, things going to be ticked off, you know. Mm. But in the process of of personal development, for especially for a cook to start, what you're interested in when you're first starting is obviously the the flash things. You know, the flash. You know how it looks you know and those are the things that because your your mind is so young you kind of like intrigue how does it look like that you know and those are the things the science behind it sort of like and then as you get older you realize it's all about the, what it tastes like right you know it's what it really means you know it's like because mm. i remember when i was i was cooking quite young and the the older chefs were always like keep it simple keep it simple and they're like Whatever, man. <laughs> but you don't understand the term, right? You don't understand what it means, what it means to keep it simple. But then over time, you actually understand what that means, you know, mm. because obviously simplicity is key. Simplicity is hard because it obviously is, wow. it comes down to restrictions. Like you end up restraining yourself a lot because you're just trusting one thing to shine, right? And you sort of put all your effort on that ingredient to shine wow. to make sure it tastes incredibly because... Mm. You know, and, and and my own experience, and, you know, you see it all the time. It's like you got a lot of people will just, especially when you're young, you're going to like, let's just say we'll put the taro here, right? We'll put taro, we'll coconut cream. And relatively that could be enough. A little bit of salt, you're, you're, you're off your way. But say if you're like karate, like, and then you put salt, taro, then maybe you think, oh, maybe some chocolate on top. You know, because you think in your head, oh, chocolate, add a little bit of sweetness. What, what okay. you know, you know, all those things. Because, but that's the the that's the amazing thing about creativity. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're expanding your your taste buds, and it comes down to food because you're expanding what it could be. You know, mm-hmm. and I think the exploration of those things actually gives you that that sense of your own food. You know, because if you look at New Zealand now. What really is new? Because people always ask me, like, what is, you know, when you do international things, people say, what is what's New Zealand? And people are like, what's New Zealand cuisine? And you're like, what is New Zealand cuisine? You don't really know, right? And mm. the answer was, I always go to was, oh, it's, it's all about the ingredients. <laughs> because we don't really have a cuisine. Like, if you think mm. about it, New Zealand is a melting pot of, yeah. of culture, right? Right now, prior to that, is the, you know, the indigenous food is always the Maori food, mm. which is like, not every New Zealanders was, had that. Like a and boil up. It, yeah, like a boil up or a hungi. Like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then yeah. us in Polynesian, we all have a version of hungi. You know, like mm. everything's cooked underground, above ground. And the texture is all about texture, smoke, flavor, you know. Mm. So I guess, you know, food really has sort of now in New Zealand and most of the cultures is like, it's quite diverse because we mm. call, we're so influenced by, I mean, you think about it now, you can get a burger, you get, mm-hmm. you know, Chinese, Curry. Japanese, so you know all of those flavors are so different, but mm. it's normal now because that's the society we're in, you know. Mm. And I guess that what makes New Zealand food quite interesting because obviously it's a melting pot of everything else that we've we've had here, you know. Mm. And and that for scope for any cook is like it's exciting because you, nothing is as bounds you. Like mm. if you go, say you go to Italy, right? You know they're quite. You know, their tradition of food's been on for so long. So the Italians are quite proud of what their cuisine is. And mm. 
for them, like Italian is Italian. You know what Italian is. Same as Chinese, same as Japanese, because that culture has been so strong over the, over mm. time. When New Zealanders would be like, what is New Zealand That's food? True. We don't have an identity yet. You know, similar to Australia because we're kind of like all melting pot. And now, so when you look at it, it's like it's a mixture. You know, it's a good thing. eh? Yeah, it's a good thing because they're very. I mean, it's it's a new world way of thinking. You know, we're not bound into tradition or we're not bound into you know thing that's been inherited over time. Mm. You know, and I guess you know that's why now I think you know most of Polynesian chefs and chefs around this part of the world they're trying to bring their culture into the food. Because they realize, like, man, this is what made us who we are, and mm. this is our food. And when you actually look at the research of what, you know, what our people ate, and then there was a reason for it, you know, there was mm. a reason why they did things, and you know, and obviously the flavor of the hangi is, is very unique to this part of the world. You, you know, and then, and then I think I went to, we went to South America, and then I saw versions there of like things mm. cooked in the in the underground hot rocks and all that so it's like so much there man it's wow. it's like you know food culture and history like you know it's all part of it and i guess i would like tonight i was thinking to myself how did we um how did, you know obviously polynesian people we just ate to fulfill ourselves to you know <laughs> to fuel us right yeah, yeah. true where versus countries that we've had you know that sort of exposure like you know royalties and everything was built on like you eat food to, for pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. For us, it was more just like, nah. We need energy uh, for. Energy to work or also something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and that's always been the way because obviously our, is in the sense we've still ate food in the sense that, you know, the infancy of the creativity of it. But I think over time, you know, people will like look at a different way of looking at it, you know, like, mm. but, you know, nothing takes away the comfort of what you grow up eating, mm-hmm. you know, because that is like a... You know, that's the, one of the biggest thing about food is the memory that it built in yeah. you. Yeah. Because, you know, no matter where you go and you eat something that you know that you ate as a child, all those memories just... Can smell out. can trigger a memory. Yeah. Yeah. Even when you're describing those pancakes at the yeah. market, yeah. yeah. straight away oh it's nostalgia, yeah. nostalgic, because you're like... I yeah, remember man, that. that was the dripping and that nice fluffy <laughs> yellow Remember I got hiding from that pot. Told you. But even the way you describe yeah, food, you've got to like memorize it. I'm going, because if I warm So none of us asked any questions. We're just like, keep talking about food. So, so what does Polynesian food mean to you? Because you, you spoke about it before in terms of like wanting to put food out there that um, was meaningful and, you know. Mm. So, yeah, describe to us what Polynesian Well, I, I mean, the way I see it is like the, the Polynesian food that was, right? You know, what we grow up eating, you know, what sort of things that gives us memories versus, I guess, for me as a chef, as a personal thing, is what I can make from that memory, what I can sort of change, you know, and make it still Polynesian, but elevated in, in, in a way either with spices or acid um, or flavor combinations, you know, and I think it's more just bringing an openness to that, you know, and I think that's quite important because obviously we can we can be bound into things that, you know, obviously has given us time with family and memories, but also we can create new new memories of about food and 
you know, the, the ability to be able to like to say this is Polynesia, you know, too valid. You know, it's a different way of looking at it. You know, like tonight, and I was just like, you know, how do you know the, the challenge is like you know taro. Like if you look at it. As a you know, as a kid that grew up eating taro, you always there's always either two ways like you either boil it, and then you have obviously onions and and coconut cream and salt. Yum. <laughs> you know, and it's versions of people when they throw curry into that. You know? Yeah, yeah. And if you're poor, you just boil it like there's no coconut cream, <laughs> yeah, yeah. or you bake it in the oven. So yeah. you know, the texture of taro is you know taro is a it's a very it's a it's a starchy but bland vegetable, right? Yeah. It's, but it's a texture that we like. Like you, you know when the taro is wet, mm. you hate that texture. It's like, <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. It's like you know, and then, and then like just through these guys that are bringing all the Polynesian stuff here, we they gave us like, I mean, I, you know, I thought I knew taro, but and when they gave they gave me six types of taro, right? You know, there's a, two, there was three from Fiji, one from Tonga, one from New Way, right? And they were all like different. Mm. And you and suddenly like wow, there's, there's a different variety of taro that I didn't know of. But then you know, I I was just playing around with some flavors, and then you know, like to, I cooked it with like like to, just today because I was like, oh, how are we gonna make taro different? Because obviously, when you do a side dish of taro, there's one expectation: people are like, oh, coconut cream, right? Mm. Yeah. You go straight for that, and you're like, how do you make that different? How do you want people to to come and explore and think, oh, okay, we can, but still pay relevance to what it what mm. it, that memory what it should have been and then you know i like to and then i boil it with like i <laughs> with soy sauce and coffee right in it so you know coffee is quite has that bitterness you know and then soy sauce saltiness so you know and taro can absorb that flavor without having it you know it's not it's not taking anything away from the taro it's putting something into it it's just a flavor profile that, you know, sometimes you try it. But that's the thing, the interesting thing about taste is like, you know, you know you're going to eat taro, but what comes with taro, it's a new flavor profile that you kind of, either you, I mean, it's always going to be two reactions. Either you like it or you're not going to like it. You know, and those are the things you gamble with. Like, you know, it's a combination that you put out there. But for me, it's almost like I'm always trying to explore what the possibility of something different that you can you can walk away thinking you're going to walk away with an experience regardless either be a bad experience or a good experience <laughs> but then you know you're always going to think about it you know you're going to whoever's you know the oldies will be like what did I <laughs> <laughs> is this guy lost his mind <laughs> is this guy lost his mind or <laughs> or the, you know the newer people that have never had taro they might be open to like oh wow you know taro they've never think taro's like this but then that's if you go to a Chinese restaurant, you know, some of their pray, embrace dishes that have been cooked and spices, there's always taro in it. You know, this is the thing because it's not just us use taro, like there's a lot of the cultures that have used taro, but just because of our own perception of what taro is going to taste like versus, you know, you can put five different cooks on and you ask them, cook taro. They'll cook taro, whatever <laughs> version they'll see it, right? Yeah. But then, but that's the, the openness, I guess. I just want people to to explore it's like what the possibility what you know what our food can be like you know mm. you know things i mean and i've sort of looked at the you know the real traditional stuff and like you know and obviously it's just terms and i mean 
The hottest thing is how you get away from coconut cream. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything's yeah. got coconut cream. <laughs> have, you, have you come, like, you know, my, my brother, oh man, he's going to kill me for saying this on um, thing, but anyway, he's had two wives and they're both, they're non-Samoan, but when my mum would serve the, you know, like me on Sunday yeah. and serve the kalo, <laughs> they'd be like, not eating that, yeah. They're like, what is this with the fork? Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. But I think the challenge is how do you make, you know, how do you give them an experience? If you like, what, what has been your exploration around trying to make that like a, like a, um, how, how do you. Uh, a no choice. <laughs> <laughs> You're eating. <laughs> no, I think. Like, how do you make, like, non, so, you know, non Polynesian people, eat, people who've never eaten yeah. it, how do you make it enjoyable in their first experience? I think, and that's the thing you got to, you know, I guess people will always, I mean, there's certain food that we probably will never order in ourselves. Like, you're like, no, nah, I'm not going to never order that because you don't like it. But I guess, you know, for me, because I'm quite already open to food, I guess my mindset is always like, well, you can't make people to try things unless you put it on a set. And like, in a restaurant, you always have the option of having a set menu, mm. which is a surprise. Like, you know, it, it will make the menu for you so you eat what we give you. And often that's how the time you sort of just give people food and they half the time they'll eat it and they don't realize they're eating something that never have tried before or have had a really bad experience about it. Like, you know, if you look at Brussels sprouts growing up in New Zealand, like when we mm. came from Samoa, I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> you know, and my mom used to cook it with a white sauce, you know, and and I was like, what is this? Because it was so foreign to me. But now I love Brussels sprouts because you're used to it, right? Mm. And then it's almost like the same thing for people. I guess it's just... Half of the time, people will have a bad experience or something because they have it prepared badly for them. Mm. Or it's like they ate it and it just wasn't done up well enough. And that half of the time, your experience for that puts you off, right? Yeah, we will. But I think, you know, I think that's why you, if you go to a restaurant, well, especially in the expected experience, you, I think it's more like trusting that. And, and if, mm. you, if you're going to eat that and you're like, no, I definitely don't like taro, then I guess no one can help you, you know? mm. but I mean, that's the only thing you, you just got to be, you know, you just want people to be open. But mm. I mean, for me, it's more about that challenge of like the expectations, what they used to be versus what it can be, you know, and almost like, you know, we can do taro many different ways, you know, but it's still part of our heritage mm. and obviously flavors it because now, I mean, it will, our taste buds are so open, man. Like, mm. you know, we're open to everything. So it's nice yeah. to sort of, why not be open to that with our own food, you know? Mm. That's cool. Yeah. And it seems like you, you don't have that problem, um, Michael, in terms of the cuisine and the food that you you cook and also the, your, your restaurant. But has there ever been a time, and surely, I don't, I don't know, I'm just imagining, has there ever been a time when you felt like, man, this, is, this, this, this dish is amazing, I've tasted it, people around have just tasted it, mm. and you feel like, oh my gosh, I mean, they do taste it. It's like oh, you get a you get a different reaction, or you may have got a negative reaction to it, and you feel like no, 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 this this is this mm. is the dish you need to eat yeah. this from mum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's sort of you always gotta, you know, there's a, there is a thing. There's there's always that. I mean, not you know, not everybody were gonna be agreeing on what you think. What you know, because you know, the thing with people, there's always there's different taste buds, right? Some of the things that you think is going to taste the best is probably not going to to some people. And half of the time with 
there's one of the things that you obviously got to make sure that chefs and cooks learn to do is to eat their own food because you know in the beginning you create with your mind right and you, when your mind you're not actually trying the flavors because obviously when you do eat it that's when you actually know okay this is going to work or it's not going to work because you know I, I could say to myself uh, I'll put um, you know cattle and, and some, some something real odd in my head it looks it looks amazing it works but then when you actually eat it it's like oh man this, this doesn't work it clashes right it's the same thing with food like you know, you're always going to make sure that before you put something on the menu, you have to eat it yourself. But luckily for us, especially people that work in the kitchen, you have plenty of chances to do that. Because, you, I mean, for me, I always encourage young people to like go out, eat out, travel. When you do travel, you eat a lot. Like you eat, it's because that's the, that's the education you're actually doing for yourself. Because you're trying different things, combinations, and through that time, you can pick up flavors that are going to work well. You know, like, for instance, like you can work with beetroot and goat cheese you know and mm. you know because it's just it's been done over time and you've tried it yourself and you just know the saltiness the sweetness all those things just marry as well and that's the, the thing with with food sometimes because you just think you know you always try to balance acid sweet saltiness texture always make sure that there's texture because i think texture always gives you that the memory of something else that you're eating you know and i guess you know you get those things in your head but then when you put it on the plate sometimes it's just when you eat it it just doesn't work and that's that's when you actually rework the dish or you take you always end up taking out more than adding in really because you you realize when you actually take out it actually simplifies it and then when you eat it it's not it's not clashing it's just clear mm. and that's the sense of simplicity because yeah. it's almost like you know you you kind of understand that value of that and and then know but you know i mean let's go back to your question people will always not always gonna they may, they may not say it to you but they'll write a review about it <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they say, they say, that's, man, that's sad though, but that's the reality like you ask them how oh, oh it's so delicious <laughs> you know and they go oh, man i'm still hungry <laughs> but yeah i mean that's it's just in this you know the hardest thing is probably and, you know, people are just being polite. They can't, you know, it's hard to say something you don't really like, you know. And I, you know, I've done it myself, you know, I'm, I'm out. And I guess you don't want to, you don't want to hurt people's feelings, you know. And you're just like, yeah, that was good. <laughs> and then you go home like, oh, man, what was he thinking? <laughs> <laughs> and you go home and write a review. <laughs> Anonymous. <laughs> oh, man. That's yeah. What? The journey and where you're at now in terms of um, the status you are in terms of the field you're doing, um, do you ever see yourself as an inspiration to Polynesian um, chefs coming up? Yeah, I think it's sort of, you know, sometimes it's, it's almost like a given in, in the sense because you're, you know, and I guess, you know, I look, I looked on it myself when I was coming in into it, there was there was a very few shifts in, in Polynesia or Maori that were, were in the field. And then I remember when I was quite young, there was only two guys that were kind of doing it at the same time. Like they were in that level of like head shifts. And I, I just always questioned why, you know, why didn't we, why did many of us got into it, you know? And because sometimes cooking in, you, attracts the, 
the misfits, you know what I mean? Like people that don't do well in something because it's, oh, let's go cooking. You know, and, and I guess it attracts that sort of field of people. And, um, and, and as time grows, you realize that, you know, sometimes when they see there's a Polynesian guy doing well, then they're like, wow, man, yeah, I, I can do it. I mean, because it is that. I mean, it, I mean, I always, regardless of race or not, I think it comes down to the individual in the sense like you can, it's about that drive and making sure that, you know, you can achieve it, you know. But I think the, I've been to sort of, you know, talks with mostly Polynesian Māori that we, we talk about the opportunities of taking that, that chance. And, and I always think that sometimes family network because we're so family oriented sometimes we're kind of like because of the hours you know and, and sometimes we don't want to commit to to the career because it does mm. it the, the, the hours are not sociable in a sense you know like you know if you, especially if you're going to church on sunday you're like you know suddenly you realize like oh you know, you know you're not making that time because you'll be like recovering from saturday night you know so yeah i mean there now there is a lot of us out out in the field like you know like you meet i meet a lot of them other guys are doing it and it's good to see that because obviously they you know the more of you in it the more the stronger it is it becomes something that we're like proud of to be part Mm -hmm. of and and sort of like bring our food out more you know and i guess for me it's always you know the the world has given me that opportunity to sort of travel you know, eat out in amazing restaurants in the world and sort of like learn a lot because the learning, you, you know, there's, there's, there was a French chef, uh, Monsieur Pontfanat that, you know, there was a, at one of probably the oldest restaurants in Paris, but, you know, he was more like a philosopher and one of his sayings in the kitchen that I, I have it at Mr. Morris on the wall is like, in all professions without a doubt, but certainly in cooking, one is a student all his life and it's so true, like, you can never stop learning, like regardless mm. in, in food. Like you think you know everything, you just you actually do not. Like you know, you can. There's always something that is going to come up and show you something differently, and you're always learning every day about it. And that's the best thing about it. Like you know, you've been in it long enough, but there are things that you still don't learn. You have the experience. No, don't get me wrong. You have the experience to cook and be able to cook, but there's always things that you're gonna, you know, <laughs> that you're gonna learn from someone else. So it's it's it's. You know, it's it's a quite a, a giving opportunity and a given career, you know. Do you, um, with your staff and, you, you know, do you run them like a brigade or are you more soft with are them? Are you a golden you Ramsey? Or are you a taskmaster? Imagine that in the islands, eh? No, it's just funny, eh? Because, I mean, I was just thinking, like, if you run... You know, if you look at our Polynesian, like, you know, it's about fear, right? It's sasso or something. And <laughs> nobody, you know, kids get fa'ali'i, right? And I, I saw that in, in a couple of times we were in, in Samoa. And there's some of the results that, you know, I was trying to do some consultancy. <laughs> and then it's just, because they're quite, you know, the term fear pokal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's just no discipline. Like, you tell them to do something and they're kind of like, it's just different, right? Yeah. But I guess for me, is it's it's almost um, I don't know. I just come down to that basics, like you know, treat people how you yeah. want to be treated, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and That's I cool. guess regardless of the hierarchy system, because there is in the kitchen there has to be discipline. It just it just have to be because it's sort of you know it's just it's pressure at times, and you want people to be on board with you. Mm. 
And it, because if you, you can only do it with the team, if you, if you can't do it, you know, you're there obviously to lead and inspire, but, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, you, have, you really need a team around you to build that, you know. And sometimes if you look at how people are, you know, through the, if you look at Gordon Ramsay and, and the background of that, you look at the people that they work for and obviously all those traits of how you teach was taught to them in the way the kitchen, and the kitchen's always been volatile, you know, in the sense that people are, you know, are, you know, it's it's better now because the, there's light in there and the generation, they're not going to fucking, they're not going to take that, you know, they're like, I'm out, <laughs> you know. Where in, in the older days, was, everything was about fear, right? You know, it was mm-hmm. like discipline and fear, like, if, if you know, and half of the time, I just remember in the old days, like, you know, half of the time, if something goes wrong, you know, you, <laughs> something wrong, you can't even ask the, the sushi with it, what, because he doesn't even know himself why it went wrong, because everything was like, you know, you don't ask questions, do it this way, and just, this is the way it's been done over the time. We don't know why it's, why it's something, so if something goes wrong, they don't actually understand how to, to get it back on track because obviously you're just doing it, right? Mm. Where if you ask questions and like, then you discover, oh, okay, let's do it this way, which is easier. Where, in, So, I mean, the way you, you are at times, sometimes there's things that's being taught to you and how you've seen it being done. But then it doesn't mean it's the right way. You know, you just got to like apply your own ethics and your own you know, your own way of understanding life because at the end of the day you are dealing with, with, with people, you know, and sometimes, you know, everybody's got a different, you know, background and, but it, it always comes down to the team around you and obviously picking the people that you want to work with because obviously people that sometimes comes to you want to be there because they want to learn. And I think that's where the, the situation of, of a restaurant where you sit up and your career People will be attracted to want to work with you because obviously, you know, they're there to to learn something and 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 sort of, you know, help them develop their own sort of career going forward. Yeah, mm. Mm. yeah. You, you talked about team, um, Michael. How important is it to get the right the right people, the right people on board? Obviously, you said they need to be on board, believe in the vision. Uh, has there been times when you felt like, oh, this is the wrong person? Or oh, it's been your yeah. time, like. There's always there's always gonna be the wrong Just person. Stay higher family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many you, family you, members have come and asked for a job? <laughs> you learn that the fast way. Right? <laughs> That's really like oh we're not related. <laughs> That's probably what that present was yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. Can I have a job? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh sorry, there's no job. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. Um, I don't know. In, in every situation, in, in in the work situations, there's never going to be the perfect, perfect team. There's always going to be the, you know, I always, it's just over time that you, you learn that you just got to deal with what's what you have, you know. And and sometimes people are just there because obviously it's just the, the challenges of what it is. And sometimes it sort of highlights your weaknesses. And those are the weaknesses you got to work on. And, you know, as hard as it can be at times, you know, some people are there just to show you what you need to work on yourself. And, and oh. because regardless, if you have, you know, if you have everything perfect, then it's, you're actually not learning anything. Everything is just, I don't know, as a, as a human being, you're not really developing because you're just like, I get my way and that's my way, right? 
nothing's going to challenge you and that is the challenges that make you better but in a team environment you obviously when you go out you want the right people to work with you and obviously the right experience that brings along but you know the younger the younger guys you're always going to you're going to pick up people that you know you learn later on like they were ethics are just a little bit different from yours and you know and and some of the things that you probably will learn that those people don't actually don't stick around long enough because you actually will naturally weed them out because it's just you know suddenly they realize oh this is not what i thought it was going to be or it's too hard you know because obviously you got to realize that man i actually have to work you know as i just not here to socialize or but yeah i mean those are the things that it just comes with 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 your career like you know and over time i always think that i'd rather take somebody with with a, the best attitude with no experience mm. than someone with a lot of experience with a shitty attitude because you can't get through that man mm. once once somebody's like think they know it all not teachable yeah you're not learning any you you're just like you're clashing you know mm. where somebody was like green mm-hmm. but you know just the best attitude there is you, you you can actually teach so much more and you get so much more back with that you know and i always it's sort of something that you always remember that you know when you apply and you know if you get people if you have a few people to apply you always you always tend to go for the attitude sometimes like because you're working with them all the time right you know you're spending a lot of time with these you know you're spending your time more than your family so you got to get along with them you know mm-hmm. so you know you always you know experience is great but you know attitude and how the approach is is probably more important than the experience because experience can be taught but attitude if you're a bad attitude, yeah. that's it's too late you know like, set in their ways eh? yeah. yeah yeah that's awesome it's hard. i just love that insight in terms of leadership in terms of like when you're working with someone that's quite difficult it sort of reflects a weakness in yourself so it shows um your leadership and also like your um always that one yeah. need to learn and grow yeah i mean I and that's, think thing. that's awesome yeah and it, it takes i mean uh, and all that is learned on the job yeah, right? yeah, i mean yeah. those things you don't you know it doesn't because half of the time you when you're when you're in service and you're just you know I've, you know and i was younger i was like you know you just you have no patience like you're you're annoyed at you just want people to do their bloody job right and you're like running service and you know i've done some real stupid stupid shit you know, because I was just so pissed off, mm-hmm. you know. But then over time, you look at it and, you know, you laugh about it. But then in hindsight, you actually think, man, but you have no you have no skills at that point to deal mm-hmm. with that. You, the only skills that you had at that point was to cook and obviously yeah, put yeah. out food. Mm-hmm. Dealing with people, it's a skill that has to come over time, you know, when you're working in the kitchen. Because that's part of the job. Like, it's not just the food. Obviously, you're dealing with, you know, you know, you're always going to deal with people's emotions and, and that what comes with the job. and But that sort of something is a side of it. It yeah. actually does that the stuff that it makes you grow as a better human being, you know. Like, yeah. That's awesome. So. Any of that stupid stuff or that, you know, what you've mentioned in terms of reacting to people, any... Any, any examples? Any examples or something <laughs> no. that you regret? That's something that sticks in your mind. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Too many. Is anyone, is anyone, did you fussy in the, in the kitchen? I mean, we, I, I, no, to put it this way, we've been taken to court for some, for oh, a thing. Okay. Yeah. 
And it was just a, it was definitely something that I, in hindsight now, it's just I was so pissed off. Man. <laughs> but yeah, it just it went too far, you know, in in the sense I was just, yeah. From you know that that high pressure, because I shared with you earlier, it's just that one time I had to cook for like a yeah. massive group. I was just ben. like, Neat. oh sorry, sorry. <laughs> and the pressure. My gosh, I'm just cooking and just going, oh man. And I say to everyone, this is the one industry I would never get involved in. It's just pressure <laughs> I can't even manage. Um, and so my question was, oh my gosh, I've just, it's just left me. But my question was really around um, just that whole, like how, do you, how, like how do you stay calm in that moment? Like how do you, sorry, that was my question. My question was, how long is that high pressure time frame? Like... How yeah, from the from all the prep work and then you do the whole like team yeah. you're gonna start coming from the minute your first guests arrive to the last meal that you cook. How long is that pressure point? Like that pressure because I feel like this is like an all black game every night. I, yeah, I guess you know I don't know. I mean I see it now like even with the with the guys you know the team at Mister Morris like it's it's hard because I guess it's either my personality or just the experience I've had because mm. I just, I just know that. Regardless of that pressure, things will always, you know. I always say it. I was like, you know, no one's gonna die, man. It's just, it's just, we're just cooking food, right? <laughs> but it's just managing That's that, cool. managing that pressure of like, you can see it. Is this anxiousness of getting everything right, you know, in that perfect moment? And I guess I've, I've have the time. I was lucky enough to have the time of experience of over time. Now I can relate to it and be like. It's, it's you can deal with it and you can internalize it but over t- the experience of over that time it's like you just know it's it's gonna come it's gonna go yeah. and I get, I don't know how I can make it easy for them unless they go through it and it, it's it's a personal thing that you have to learn that through the job mm. because you know someone can t- tell you how to deal with this pressure point but unless you go through it yourself and discover how you deal with it, you're never going to learn it. Yeah. You know, because it's like one thing is verbalizing it, but actually going through it physically and dealing with those emotions over and over. And that's how you, you deal with it. Because obviously when, when service mm. starts, in the ideal world, if you're set up, you've got all your missing plants done, you've got all your food organized, people will come in on time how they should be. Service will just roll nicely, you know, like... Mm. You know, table one will come in on time, table two will come in on time. But probably that will only happen, I don't know, <laughs> once in three months, something mm. like that will happen. All right. Cool. Because the reality so of it. Wants to know. <laughs> <laughs> book, at, book at seven and come at nine. <laughs> <laughs> book for four, come with ten. <laughs> yeah. Something like that, you know. And I guess you sort of, you know, oh, over that time, all- you, you, you build that. You know, you know, how to that, cater for yeah, it. that that yeah. skin of how to like deal with it because you just know, and that's where experience comes in. I think mm. experience come that plays a big part in making it work mm. because you you just know what to do, you yeah. know, in this situation because you've been there before, mm. you know, you, you just know what to do and it's sort of you know we did I did um just relating to it I went the other night, you know as often nothing throws me off, but on. It was last week. Was this, we're doing this situation? We're offering uh, Mr. Morris at home, and we'll kind of work on coming to your house and cook for you. There. Oh wow! Ooh. 
So it's something that we're sort of bringing out into. Oh my gosh! It's like another part of the business that we can expand on. Is that and, you going out? Well, me or our head chef Zane, but amazing. We're so I went to, um, and it was so we went to, a, the, you know, the person's house, and you know you realize because actually when you're out of your comfort zone or you're out of your kitchen, you know your space. Mm. You know, it was a new mm. kitchen, and then you get there, and you know I was totally underprepared because like, I haven't like cut everything that I need to cut and you're suddenly working in a time frame in the small kitchen you don't know you know and you you know having to cook and certain things were working you know and then that that's that pressure coming and then they were they're coming and oh they start talking to you <laughs> when they start talking to you you're just like you know you try right to hold it. yeah yeah because you but you can't you know you can't really say that but you're in your head like oh if off man I'm <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you can't verbalize that stuff so you just then you that's when you dig into your experience like that's yeah. when you're like you just know you you know like you can make a mess you everything's gonna look like a mess but you know that you had to get there and i was probably the first time for a while that i felt that pressure like because i knew i had to like put out food for 12 people you know, in a kitchen, I, you know, I mean, I've been in a situation like that before, but it was just the, like, you suddenly realize this wasn't working. There was no room here. And you, you know, making adjustments. And then you make adjustments on the fly. And I think, but that's your experience. Like, yeah, that's when you sort of bank on, on making it work because you have to, you know, and, you, you know, but it, it's, it is, it's always nice for that pressure to remind you, like, <laughs> Like you, you still, you know, you're not, yeah. you know, invincible. You still, <laughs> you still got to cook, yeah. you know. So it was good. It was, it was, a, it was a, it was a nice reminder. But then I know to myself, man, if we ever do this more often, we, we're definitely the steps we need to make yeah. to make the, you know, because if you get there, you know, I was, I was definitely should, I should have done more prep from work mm. instead of like, oh, let's go there, and you know, I was maybe I was too relaxed, and then I got there like, oh shit. <laughs> You know, forgot myself and um, <laughs> kitchens were different. <laughs> Have you even got a what element? What element? Did you not fill the gas? <laughs> it was similar. It was something like that. Oh, what? No gas. I, and I did like what you said um, off camera. Was um, systems are important, and you yeah. know, quite often we forget. You know that that is what makes the merry go round. Yeah, is the that's what you system. fall back onto. Yeah, you know, and that's what allows you to sleep better at night. Yeah, and then rock up on any day, and yeah, everything's going to be working today. And it'd be yeah. like, guys, the system, man, what happened to the system? <laughs> <laughs> that's where it's like somebody if the system up. <laughs> that's when you really get annoyed. Like, there's a system there. Why don't you follow that? You know, and I mean that's the hardest thing sometimes because. You know, human beings sometimes do like their system, but they like to have their free flow at mm-hmm. times. And as long as, you know, things are working out, it's good. But yeah, systems are good, you know, mm. they, especially in, you know, high volume people and you're working with a team. It's like everybody knows their role. Mm-hmm. And that's how it works in, a, in, in, yeah. the, in an a la carte restaurant. Like a brigade will work because there's a system and everybody knows their role mm. and everybody plays that role. And then the food comes out on time and, yeah, you know, Taste what it should be. Speaking, speaking on pressure, um, uh, Michael, how was it for you during the pandemic? I can imagine yeah. the, the pressure because I know that during the pandemic that it wasn't it wasn't really nice in terms of um, those in hospitality and so forth. Even the government even trying to giving help in terms of 
um, support to uh, those in the hospitality um, space. So how, how, was it, how was it for you? It, was, it would have been quite a man daunting time, a really, really hard time during during the pandemic. I mean, for us, it was kind of. I mean, there was there was a couple of challenges I had to went I went through that time because, obviously, you know, not obviously to everyone, but to to, to us, um, before we opened, Mr. Morris was actually on the verge, and there was a. I guess we're, you know, when you believe, you know, I, I talk about the self-belief thing, but that time I was, I was, I was quite nervous because my my partner Claire was kind of like, "Are you sure this is the right time?" Because you know, COVID was about it was happening overseas, and we just went to Europe, and then we had to cut our, our trip to come back because like everything was shutting, the borders were shutting everywhere, and then we came back here, and. You're seeing it, how it's affecting overseas, and we're like, oh my, you know, I, w- I was like, shit, shit myself. I was like, is this the right call? Because, you know, you you sunk money into this business, and I wasn't sure what was going to look like, you know, at, at because we were already, once you're already invested and you're already invested some money into it, it was, I think for me, I couldn't. I don't know. I just had this belief, like, no, just keep going, you know, even though I was just like, you know, internalizing everything, and then my internals are like, now do it, do it. But I, I was like, you know, because everything around you was like, are you sure? You know, people were like, are you sure you want to open a restaurant? You know, this was looming. You know, and then I think we we did open, and then obviously COVID hit, and you know, and all those challenges. And when it actually did happen, I was, I was like, whoa, you know, you, you end up. That's when I second guessed myself. I was like, you know, so that pressure on myself because we already like invested a lot of money into it. I was, you know, I don't know. I, I was, I was quite nervous because you, you realize like, you know, everything was on you, and you should have listened to other people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really. I, I guess you know. I was probably the first time I was really like, you know. <sighs> questioning my my choice of of doing that you know and then there was a lot of personal things in my life that happened out of all that that probably what hurt me the most or kind of like questioned my choices more because of my you know my personal life and then obviously the you know i didn't know what the career was gonna you know the restaurant how it's gonna kind of survive because you know all those things that happen it you know not just me, but for a lot of people, it divided the you know the nations and people had their mm. opinions and you know nothing. No one was um, like if you stood out, like you what you believed in, in whatever scenario, what you believed in that whole side, people were just like mm. you know because people were just like didn't. It made me realize how people were not not actually believing in themselves as much because they were. You know, you're either you're going to go this way or you're going this way. And you either really have your own stuff together and really think, man, suddenly people just, you couldn't really be yourself sometimes, you know. And it was, no, this is the way, this is the way it's going to happen. And then, and I guess we had no choice and just fold into that in, in some aspects of, of how we dealt with it. Probably wasn't the, the best way, you know. Um, but we all sort of, you know, had our own journey in it, you know, but the business side of things, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a positive time. 
I think there were some some of the best things that, that out of that. You end up people end up self reflect a lot because mm. obviously, what else are you gonna do when you go home and you know you, I you know I spent a lot of time with my young kids and it was that was, you know he and then one of the best things was like everything was quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you can go any anywhere in the park. You like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know no one was no one was out. But the mental part of it, I think people are still recovering from that. Yeah, you know, there's still a lot of people that, you know, probably regret things or just didn't really sort of adapt to the changes, mm-hmm. and then also just brought out this this other side that people just didn't want to like, work, you know. And I we would discover that afterwards, like, you know, that I, I guess that mental strength and people kind of changed a little bit, you know. And yeah. I I just found that. You know, it, it either push you one way or the other. You know, at, at, at that point. But business size, I think we're all, in the, you know, especially Auckland. Everyone, most of the business that everyone was in the same boat. You know, you got what you got, and obviously it will come down to your landlord if he was going to support you through that period of, mm. of you know, rent. You know, because that was like you, you're not earning anything. You you're sort of giving staff. A portion of what they earned and then the business wasn't really getting anything you sort of just like you know any so i think those relationship with the people that you know that has your lease or your landlord you know was either supportive or not but regardless of all that i think it was more uh, for the business end of it it is what it is man there's not much you can do about that it's 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 happened and i guess now it's just people trying to recover from that you know but it just changes how people work sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I, I know what it, it sort of cost me in my personal life and also my in, in 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 the business. But you know, everything moves forward from now, and yeah, the, it's just the recovery. I think it takes a little bit longer than what we expected it to be, you know. Yeah, yeah. So true. Yeah. That is true. That's, yeah. I was gonna ask a question around: Do you have um? Like just in your work and at the level that you've achieved, do you have trade secrets that you keep to yourself? To keep to yourself, because you were just saying earlier that only the bad habits. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the secret ingredient. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just wondering, do you have trade secrets? I don't know, like whether it's in the um, I don't know. Is there trade secrets that you have as a Meredith? Trade secrets that you try I think, to protect. I think that's why it's called a secret. That's right. And it might be the system. It might be the. Um, I think it's just um, the way you. I think it's sort of like looking. At, I mean, it's one thing people don't understand is like you got to look after yourself, right? Mm. You know, mm. that's, that's that self care mentality. You know, you have to look at regardless of what you do, you have to look after yourself mentally and physically because it's sort of it's so important. You know, I mean, yeah. especially in in the industry, it's such a long, it's a long career, and you you often have to like be mindful of just making sure you put that time to yourself because you know there are times that you know like hardest mm-hmm. things like for the guys, you know, like now when you see the young chefs go through it, you know, they work they work those hours. And then, you know, they either go home, sleep, wake up, go to work. And you do that for a period of your like really good ten, eight years of that first part of your career. You you know, you're working, you get up, you go to work, you're working, you know, and at some point you try to fit in 
you know, socializing. And then you end up, what, what do you do when you socialize? You're mm. having a drink, go out, you sleep, you go back to work. It's a cycle, man. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah. And it's sort of how do you step away from that? And how do you step out? And I guess for me, I was lucky enough to always like interested in sports, you know, and I always like made time to invest in like, you know, you can go to the gym. Mm. Just enough for you to have that sort of outlet yeah, a little cool. bit. And just, and I think that's quite important is that, you know, it's probably the secret is probably giving yourself that opportunity to do something else mm. outside of it, you know, because you can fully get obsessed with it. And then all you have is food, food, sleep, food, sleep. But then you're not, you know, you know, your body is probably, it, your body, you need your body, you know, to be able to do that work and be there. So I think sometimes people just underestimate what it needs to happen really. It's just sort of like you put that care onto yourself and obviously what you eat as well. Like Yeah, yeah. Because you, 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 you fall into that trap of like eating bad habits of eating late at night and you're yeah. eating the wrong things, you know. So you're quite disciplined in those areas. No, I mean, I, I sort of, over time, I guess, you know, for me, I, see, I, I seem to like lose weight and I'm about to open a business. <laughs> Because you don't, you don't, <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you, don't you just don't, I don't know, nothing sort of, I don't, I'm not hungry. And I'm one of these people when I cook, I don't actually eat because I, everything is internalized and mm. mentalized for me. So before I even eat it, I already know, I, I guess your palate's already stimulated, your mind is stimulated. And so that feeds your appetite because you already like mm. know what it's going to taste like. And then mm. you're kind of. Because for me, I eat food and I taste it, and I sort of that's a satisfaction out of that. So when a satisfaction is satisfied because of the the mentalizing it, then you kind of almost like you don't need to eat, wow. you know. Mm. And then you go home and like eat toast. True, true. Two minutes. I was actually going to ask earlier, like, I wonder what he eats like when he gets home, like because you're in front of food all, all the, time. the time. Like yeah. when you get home, do you even want to cook, or do you just? Nah. No, I mean, the, the big, the, probably the best part about, you know, that's the thing, like, you, when you, I think any profession, like, if, if, if you're doing it all day, the last thing you want to go home is do that, right? So, mm -hmm. you, of course, you need to eat, but then, you know, that's why, I guess, for me, I eat out quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, eat out in restaurants and you're gonna stuff. going to give these guys an excuse to go start <laughs> eating out every night. Thank you so much yeah. as well. I love it. I love them. Do you need professional eaters? Because you don't want to eat giant food. Professional tasters. I think we're from the same village. Yeah. I'm from my muscles. My dad's from my muscle. Related. Way back. Way back. Yeah, it's it is. I don't know. So that's why you eat out all the time. Yeah, I mean you I, you know you eat out and sometimes, you know I don't know you. You're, you you do develop a different sense of of your how your your yourself breaks food down like you know your metabolism and all that play mm. it all plays a part of what yeah. you are because you know I've eaten like you know strange hours of the morning strange, like I don't I don't stick to a, a routine but definitely in the morning I don't eat like I really eat before to like after twelve I'll eat because I'm just like I'm if I'm up early in the morning. Normally, I'm, I'm kind of alert and I'm, that my mind's busy. So then I'll have a coffee, then you'll be like, <laughs> you, 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 that's your breakfast, right? Yeah. But it just, it takes over, you know, everybody's, it's different for everyone, mm. you know. But I definitely can't eat before service. It's just one of those things that I 
I'm just like that. I can't like once oh. once I'm full, I can't eat. Oh, I can't you know because you. I'm always like you have to stay hungry when you're cooking because you kind of like. Wow. I don't know. It's it's a, it's a thing I developed quite early, like because I'm in the in the zones that I don't really, I don't need to feel my appetite. I'm sort of just like my fuel will come from cooking, and I'm like on that. Wow. And then after after work, then you can go out and like. You know, there's luckily enough, <laughs> Dominion relax. Road is like lots of Chinese o- restaurants open mm. late at night. So you go there and then you're like, yeah. you, know, you just eat. And you <laughs> I like, like uh, eating noodles That's on so cool. Dominion yeah, Road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are the, the things. That, yeah. Yeah. There's so many nice places along Dominion Road. Like, if you drive down there, you realize like you probably spend a year <laughs> eating out in one place. Mm. There's so many, so many. It's, it's exciting, man. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> That is, a, that is a trade secret, actually. Just your the way you've described your lifestyle. Yeah, I was just reading the other day. <laughs> and they were talking about fasting and how important it is to not eat before you do like an event. Yeah, because it keeps your brain quite alert. Yeah, and so when it's you're describing yeah. all of that, and you mm. and this is just the way you live your life. I'm glad I asked you that question because even your answer is brilliant around that. Like, mm. what's your trade secrets? The way you live your life, and your science backs up what you're saying. Like. Not eating before big events, not eating too much, eating just to be, have enough. Like that kind of stuff keeps you like highly alert. Yeah. And highly yeah, creative. You have to. I mean, that's the thing. I guess it's sort of like nerves. Nerves plays a big part. I mean, I remember, I mean, I still get nerves now when you speak in, you know, like if you do cooking shows or cooking events you go to, I think it's always that, that, that alertness, but then also that fear of like being judged. And I remember doing some of the first things I did, and and I was like, you know, you don't believe that you should be there. Your story is not relevant enough mm. to be told, and you're kind of like nervous to share it. And because I think that you know, there's a term that I I learned around that whole time is about being authentic. You yeah. know, authenticity is like it takes a while for you to understand that. You know what it mm. means because half of the time you're trying to be someone else all the time. Because obviously when you you look at, at people that you look up to and you want to emulate what they are and what they do and somehow your value is not good enough at that point because you're kind of like, mm. i got nothing to offer, you know. And so then I guess in your early days you're sort of like a version of what you are but mostly it's the things that you've sort of learned and what you think that is valuable at the time that you become that. And it's not until later on that you actually don't, I think when it comes down to it, it's like not giving a shit what other people think. <laughs> that's you, the simplicity that of it. Is, that's what it is, yeah. really, because then you're like, you learn to accept yourself and, and you know, if people don't like you, then unfortunately that's that's their problem, not yours, yeah, you know. Yeah. But then because we base so much value on that, mm. that it actually eats away at us at times and half of the time it's hard to break that, you know, because you're just like, you know, and then that stuff comes. You know, every time you're about to speak, you like your that mind comes up. Like, hey, man, you, you, what are you what are you going to say? <laughs> like, you know, and then, you know, I'm like, you you out there, you're already like you froze, right? You know, and yeah. I think, but I mean, it's it's more of a, it, and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. comes over time that you learn how to deal with it, and you know, and you just learn that like, you just got to trust what you say. And, yeah. you know, as you get older, man, it's, it's it comes of age and, you know, that sort of experience and, and just know that, man, yeah. What do you have? Just you and the man upstairs. And yeah. 
So important to teach um, mm. people that at such a young age, eh, is to be yeah. authentic. Yeah. Um, and not to give a shit about what people think. Um, because otherwise, you wouldn't be who you are today, being able to make unique um, creations. Yeah. Because um, if you were trying to emulate someone else and you weren't your true self, you wouldn't be you able to yeah. create the things that you create. I think that's so important to teach People there uh, yeah, at such an age. It is important, you know, especially this day and age, like people can't, if you look at, you know, people just want to be something else, like, you know, if you look at, because there's so much online, like, you know, you look at it, it's like, you know, even me sometimes, I'm like strolling, I'm like, man, you look at it, like, you can just waste two hours of your life, like, doing that, you know, and then your your mindset is just like, if Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Mm. Can't start your day off like that. No, and it's mm. hard, you know, I like guess sort of like, one of those things, and then how can you tell your kids that when you're like, you <laughs> stop that. <laughs> stop doing what I'm doing. Stop that, Brad. Don't what are you doing, Brad? <laughs> but why are you doing it yourself? <laughs> I'm older. Because yeah. I paid the bill. Yeah. <laughs> Wi-Fi is me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. It's me. Do you see that in young people that you're working with? Um, do you find yourself giving them their advice? Just be yourself. Uh, they give a shit. But do you always get the eye rolls or? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, sometimes, it's, you know, it's it's sort of, certain people you can in, you can talk to yeah. and be be yourself. Certain people you, because obviously there's a, there's a perception of what people think you, what all oh, the chef should be and the life of you know you know there's a little bit of respect that comes with with things that happens in the kitchen but then at the same time when you're open to people you're a bit more vulnerable and you know i think people sort of understand you know i think you'd rather be you and what you are than sort of be something else that you know because you, you know there's always someone that does something differently than you but I think that whole value of just being yourself is quite important at the end mm. of the day because you know values is is not you know is actually sh is you have to go through the values and you do it yourself live it before anyone yeah. can actually understand it you know because it's mm. it's you know we can say we can sort of say what we what we value but then you know we can say it but if we're living it then it's only you that understand that mm. you know yeah. I'm so fascinated by your tattoo. On your hand when you came in tonight, I was like, "It's different. It's not." Yeah, I mean, what's the story behind that? Oh, there's no, there's no particular <laughs> story. <laughs> just make, make one up, make one up, make up, Michael. No, there's a, there's a, there's oh, it's your chance to tell some sort of <laughs> big ass. Wow, <laughs> this is the line. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> this connects me yeah. to the rock. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, it's. It doesn't look Samoan. Oh, it's, it's actually. Um, this is a, I mean, Looks like I guess my cases. yeah. But the the thing was obviously because I'm so absorbed by by visuals sometimes. Yeah. So obviously the, the you know the story of the tattoos are like every you know there's two reasons why we get tattoos. Sometimes it's something meaningful and what it means to us, and we put it in our body, or something that it's quite visual that we like the design of it. Oh, okay. And that's sort of most of my Polynesian stuff was obviously the designs and of the patterns. You know what it means. I mean, you obviously know birds, people, and all the, those patterns stands for. But then the lucky thing is some of the, the, the artists now, that they kind of like, they could just create their own lines, you know. And most of this is done out here in, um, what's a Tongan dude out here? What's his name? He's done a lot of... Um, oh, what's his name? Oh. He's quite 
Yeah, yeah, mostly kind of a bit buff yeah. guy. Yeah, quite popular. Eh? Yeah, God's yeah. Name, uh, Not the guy at the gym. No, 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 no. 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 Yeah, I've got his name. Wow. Yeah, yeah, popular, popular. Um. Yeah, he's done a lot. He's mm. done a lot. He's done a lot of work in Australia. But li- lucky enough, I, I sort of met him quite early on in in Greenland. He was there was a Maori guy there. He was under. He was just sort of learning his skill. But then he went out on his own and he set up out here. So he's done quite a few pieces. And then you know you just turn up and you just say, "Hey, man." Because I always like the hand tattoos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And obviously the, the Samoan women have that pattern. That yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, like, because your hands are like, your, it's your craft, mm-hmm. right? You use yeah. your hands and mm-hmm. I always, yeah. So that's how it sort of worked. So I just said to him, let's just do these patterns, told him what I kind of wanted. And he just went on, on it, man. Yeah. It's like, but one thing you learn in your, your fingers, like, they actually fade. Yeah. <laughs> So you had to go. Yeah. You had to go over it like a couple Mine's of times. Fading. Yeah, oh, man. they fade a lot, and they don't. The ink doesn't sink in. Like you had to do mm. my fingers like three times. Like I had to go back and for him to redo it over. It's just like because suddenly the lines are like, oh, there's no line there. Oh wow. So, but yeah, I don't know. As a person, oh, okay. I mean, tell you, that's your person. Art, that's yeah. your artistic side. You yeah. yeah. like you know you know it's Polynesian, but you don't know. Yeah, it's quite because I was I was. I was looking at it when you walked in, and yeah. it's like it's, like it's quite um, like it stands out, and yeah. the patterns I'm not seen before. And then I was just like, oh, I wonder if there's yeah, a story behind that. Probably, probably not to us, but to him is like, yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> but you know, people ask you, you know, you want to like make a story up, but I'm like, oh no, nah, nah, I just like the pictures from my ancestors. Yeah, you can just tell the Moana story. One of those. What's your story, Charles? Oh no, yeah, this is a secret. Our, our. <laughs> this is a secret. <laughs> Between me and my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. So you, you talked about our high pressure moments, and you talked about uh, mental wellness and mental mm. well-being, and also physical well-being, and so forth, and and all the hardships that goes along with um, starting your own business and your own restaurant. But tell us, because you're going to do this all over again. Mm. And please tell us about um, uh, Metita, you, you, the new restaurant that's opening up in um, October, and the whole the whole story behind it. Because I know it's um, named after your, your your mom, your late mom, mm. has passed on, and um, um, you know, rest in peace to, to your, your lovely mother. But tell us uh, how it's all come come about, and the preparation, and so forth, and what what is the feeling this time around? What's what's the new endeavor? Yeah, yeah I mean, the I guess the business, the concept was was there it was there a long time you know and, and you know when you we have all those moments when we like we think of something and we bank it and we know that somehow mm. if ever it comes up <coughs> it's there you know it's so that i think most of the time when people have ideas that it's you we think it's new but people actually do think of something quite early on in the piece and and they sort of hold that memory back there and, and we, with this it was always at the back there i mean i i sort of knew I want to sort of like, you know, honor my mum, in in a sense because of obviously her, her influence in, in my in my life, quite early on, that I didn't know at the time, but I realize it now. Like you know, the, the thing with food, and it's probably just you know paying that respect to her about. And I knew, I knew that in some way I would have to have that name into a, into a business, but I didn't know how. You know, that's the best thing about it. Like you, you know, sometimes the world 
gives you these ideas, but you don't know how, but the how will just come, you know. Mm. And then, you know, with, with Sky City, we were about to open Mr. Morris and we had conversations about, you know, doing something and they, I pitched the idea of doing a, a Polynesian concept. You know, and I guess at that point, uh, you know, I was like, oh, a Polynesian concept, would they, would they be, you know, open to that? And they were like ecstatic about it because obviously when you look at it, we're, Auckland's one of the biggest Polynesian cities in the world right? mm. and, and and Sky City is, you know, there's, you know, we have a lot of Polynesian people go there and it, it's it's the centre of the city. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean by that? <laughs> Investing, investing, investing. Yeah, yeah. Um, of investors there, yeah. you know, investing in, and I mean that's the unfortunate side of the, of it. But I mean, it's you know, there's a lot of people that work, even work there. And so mm, yeah. I guess when the you know the, the the concept was presented, they were they were keen on it, and I guess the steps was obviously you know for me to present it to them and see what it can look like. Um, so that process sort of, you know, happened quite early on before COVID, you know, so this is how long this, this thing's been sitting, you know, and I, this is how long I've been on this, you know, and, and it kind of, you know, there were times even COVID, I was like, is this going to, you know, because everything stopped, the conversation stopped, nobody knew, I mean, Sky City went through a hard time themselves and, and we're like, well, is this going to ever, it was going to happen. And then, you know, when things got settled in, there was a couple of, some good gentlemen in there that they were like, you know, afterwards they picked it back up. You know, we went through the process, did the tasting, they approved it. Then we looked at certain sites in there, um, obviously to do the concept. And we, we settled where we are now. Just by, because of, you know, obviously the, when when you're looking at these things, there's a cost involved in, in doing the idea and redoing it. And obviously when something's out of budget, it's out of budget, you know, and you can't really like, and then from that, I guess it lead into certain other places. And then we landed and what is inside, what it, so it's, it's actually inside the, the grand hotel, which is, wow. it worked out, you know, amazingly because yeah, actually you had to, go, every time that you go through to check, to go to the rooms, you're going to walk past it. And then, Was you know, that place on the ground, yeah, that so cafe, that area, Gusto, right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Gusto, yeah, yeah, that's quite nice. So yeah, so I mean, it, it's nice and open, mm. and then um, you know everything else fall into place. You get the people to work with, you know, to create the space, and obviously, you know, like designing a, a bit anything, you have a visual what you want to to be, and then you sort of put that together with designers and architects that obviously they know how to put your vision together and then you know and it just it comes into that space and then you know it's a, it's a process especially with a bigger company like sky city the support's there but then everything's got to be internalized go through the process and you know there's lots of meetings a lot of people involved so you know it's a, it's a new thing for me to obviously to work with a bigger you know, company behind it, you know, and, and sort of there's lots of blessings from it for sure. But then also it keeps you kind of like, you know, you, you're not just working on your time, you're working with other people and their time frames, And, you know, and so things are progressing. And the, I guess for me, the, the feeling, I'm, I'm, I'm purely quite excited about it, 
you know I'm 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 up for for it but but in the same time there's there's that reality of of executing cuz I guess everything in my head is sort of sitting there and I know where it needs to to be but getting there it's that's the the nervousness of like the steps that I need to take off and making everything come to to place you know and, and cuz the hardest thing if you think about it it's like we're in Polynesia New Zealand's in Polynesia but getting ingredients from the Pacific to here it's a, it's hard it's hard like you get you know like even to get bread food or mm. anything like it's vaguely gives you that sort of you know you want to do something with with that it's kind of hard man it's like I'm finding it quite hard to like nail down some supplies that you can be consistent you know like even get you know young coconut and you like to be mm. you know to have that it's like it's 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 hard you know it's just hard because of the logistics and you know getting everything from the islands then it goes to custom yeah. and then they spray it and you'd be effed and so it's just those you know those challenges you know are there and they're real so you just have to rethink you know and lucky enough we keep meeting people that as contacts and they've been working on this and bringing ingredients from the Pacific and somehow they've already gone through the process and they can somehow promise you yeah we can we can do it we can do it so it's it's good I mean it's looking good but I think also it highlights those revenues that hopefully brings it out more in the open you know because they are there I mean if you go around the South Auckland man there's lots of shops that <laughs> sell things right but then if you're going to put it on the on the restaurant menu and be consistently bringing mm. and then then that can be challenging you know yeah. because every time you go to the islands for me I'm always like looking at ingredients and like man you know be nice to sort of like have this because half of the time people don't really know it you know because if you if you go now in the pacific into a resort really you're going to get polynesian food right you get sort of like you know European food done, mm. but done in the version of what we do it for, you know, which is kind of hard because I was, you know, that's one thing I was for, man. Why do you, you know, to highlight, you know, when people go to the Pacific, they really have Pacific food mm. you know, mm. because you're going for the experience. So why not yeah. have Polynesian food? And it's good, man, because now you look, they're doing TV shows, like, you know, mm -hmm. cooking shows there. And it's, it's awesome, man. But, it's just sort of that. It's just there's levels and picking this up, like you know, making it more accessible and making it more an experience for people. And and obviously for for me and, and Sky City, we just want to add to that value and hopefully build from there. You know, so yeah, it's exciting, yeah, but man. also the nerves are yeah. exciting. Real. Real, <laughs> exciting yeah. times, yeah. yeah. Man. Every night I pray, please God, take this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll pray with you also and thanks also yeah, keep, yeah. It, keep it yeah. a prayer and yeah. hopefully me and Pete will come oh and Car oh, it should be a date night for you <laughs> go to the opening stop going to the other thing go invest <laughs> your money in something else <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome oh, that's wow. cool we'll try something different from Fortuna yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people getting gout busy. from their muscles. Because yeah. <laughs> 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 I can't tell you. <laughs> that's the thing, right? It's always that way, right? Where let's just go uh, eat bulk, you know, yeah. face down. Yeah. Right? And it's, it's just, yeah, man, Dude, it's hard. I mean, we. That poor team. Yeah. That poor team, they keep on bringing the food up for our people. <laughs> it's non stop, though, but they're ready for it, man. Yeah. 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 
Oh, that sounds cool. that sounds so exciting, so exciting, um, and that you're even using food from the islands. Yeah, I mean, that's to be able to make all your um, your creations. I think yeah, that's I mean, cool. One, uh, the other thing that uh, the kind of the challenge is a thought that I had the other time. That's a trade of, secret. Another one. I know, but it's like you know, nothing beats fresh coconut cream, right? You know, it's mm. it's a flavor that you, mm. you know the stuff from the can or the packet. It's not the same, you know. But you know, you know how to get coconut cream is hard work, right? You scrape the coconut, <laughs> you squeeze it. Yeah. So you know, and I think that's, you know, I was thinking like if we do use a lot of that, we need to like make our own. And mm. so even like you know to get a coconut scraper, right? You know, like you go to Thai with Lion, you find coconut scraper everywhere. Like it's just because they use coconut all the time. Mm. But you know, over here it's like, you know, we're sort of. Taking away that making your own by buying the can, right? but you know the flavor is no comparison to if you're making fresh. You know, even if you do raw fish or fresh coconut cream, it's just a different flavor. You know, wow. versus the can is just. <laughs> so I mean, even for us to like to commit to that yeah. to make our own coconut cream, it's a process that it's gonna add into mm. the creating the environment. You know, creating the food. You know, so. Just trying to find a coconut scraper, man. So if anyone out there knows, man, there's an electric somewhere. <laughs> electric yeah, coconut scraper. Because <laughs> you need you need electrical ones because obviously you're going to be oh, creating heaps of coconut yeah. to create. The coconut man, just cream. doing that live while people are eating. I know. <laughs> wow. It's part of it's part of the workout. <laughs> That'd be cool. Man, that's Quite be awesome. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Stop it. Um, oh, man. Oh, man. Sorry. That's man, because cool. I know you were mindful of your time. And yeah. yeah. But sure. just some of your, what, what's your greatest achievement? The greatest achievement? I guess I, as a, I mean, for me as a, as a human being, I, I guess yet to come, I feel. Wow. Know, that's a cool answer. That's awesome. You know, I feel like there's so much things that, you know, there's a lot of stuff you achieve, but when you look at the grand scale of as a, as a human being, what I want to to achieve that to be good at is yet to come. You know, it's just it's just something that I sort of like in myself. I just need to like better that. You know, mm. just yeah. That's awesome. And because you've been on this massive ass journey and you've learned so much along the way, a lot of highs and lows. Like knowing what you know now, um, what do you wish you knew before? Or the the younger version of you. What would I wish I knew before? Um, that's a hard one, bro. Is this because if you, if you knew something, then you probably wouldn't go yeah. into it because you sort of like already see the hardship in it, and you just like pull out of it. I think, it, yeah, I think that, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't really answer that in in a sense how true it is for me because I I think if I if I knew something, I probably wouldn't have done it, and I wouldn't be the way I am today. Or, you know, le or learn what I've learned. If I, if I, you know, I guess that's the thing, right? You know, it's, if you know, then you probably won't. The challenges is of not creating the journey or like creating that. You know, I always sort of think that you know, to to earn it is probably giving you the validation of like how you earn yourself more than. You know, if you're given something, you're actually not going to, I guess you're never going to discover it, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I think you discover yourself in the same way, like, you know, because that's the journey, I guess, is it's discovering of mm. what we can become and, and, and obviously things that we've, you know, because there's a lot of, I mean, 
and those are the little things that you inherited through your your upbringing and you know even your parents man and like the stuff they went through mm. and there's no awareness at that time because obviously there's just for them it's just like no survival this is the way it's done and this is the way i'm going to do it but then there's a lot of brokenness that comes with that and, and you know, even myself i had to look back and i'm like man there's so much of that you know and i guess you should, you don't want to pass that on to your kids because then it never ends, right? You know, mm. that repeat, repeat. Mm, and then yeah. and then you, we look, I mean, especially now and especially our people, man, there's so much brokenness in, in the way our families are and and then you like, how do you break that, man? How do you sort of get a, how do you re- make them rethink, you know, mm. there's another way and it's just, it's hard, man. Like, you see it now, it's probably worse now mm. than ever. And it's hard, like, and I just try to look at my own life and and I was like you know things that I obviously I didn't know how to deal with and now I'm just trying to understand it and, and obviously try to be better at it and then hopefully you know get my kids away from it mm. you know and it, it just takes it takes more than just 10 years man it takes an effort right and sometimes it takes a lifetime to like mm to get that you know so yeah great answer very philosophical I, like I, I feel like I'm talking to a guru because your self-awareness is neck level yeah. it's like um, you know your self-awareness your self-reflections like you know for men out there who um, are just trying to find those breakthroughs you know, mm. trying to find those breakthroughs for themselves regardless of where they are in life or wherever they are in terms of achieving their dream. Like, um, did you get help for that or like, did you like, what are your sources? Yeah. I mean, that's, your other that's, trade a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good question. I mean, tell, I don't know. A lot of it was actually, you know, growing up, I was quite, you know, you go through that sense of you know, religion was a big part. I mean, church mm. was always, I think it was in the background, right. And it yeah. laid that foundation for me that sort of, Awareness, there is a higher being than me. Yeah, and you know the early times. I remember when I was young. You can talk to you can never talk to anyone if you get a hiding right, but you can talk to someone else. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know that hiding. You're you, you kind of like you like, why is this happening to me? You know, yeah. you know. But but I think through that period, you you develop this trust in in, in the elder being or yeah. bigger being than you that. You know that you know it gives you that guide, right? And you know, he puts you on this earth, and there's so much more to life than in those moments. Sometimes, mm. even if you think like there's nothing else, you know. But I think for me, there's all that stem that 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 built self belief in that, and you know, I was lucky enough to actually go through processes that you know, my you know, I I had to do a lot of stuff in myself that you know, you realize that you don't actually. You're not going too far in that direction. Yeah. And then you had to, you know, you're given, I mean, I, man, life gives you so much opportunities. Like every day is like, you know, it might seem like boring at times, but it's like that, you know, that ongoing, ongoing. But if you're willing to sort of put that effort in and just look at it, look at it, it actually will just reveal itself. And then, and I think that's the journey in itself that sometimes we meet people along the way that actually sort of gives you guides, you know, and there's a lot of people that obviously have, you know, man, people have, we all have trouble in life and 
things that didn't work well for us. And sometimes people that gone before us, and obviously they talk about those things and mm. you, you sort of relate to it and then you take back things that worked for them and then you reflect it on your own life and sometimes those are the answers like, you know, but you have to actually go through it yourself mm. because, you know, it's when somebody says something, it seems so simple and you think, yeah, it is simple. Why can't it? Mm. But then actually the, the going through it, that's the process. Like, you know, mm. you know that it is simple, but sometimes it's just, you have to go through it, you know, to really understand it, you know. Yeah. But then, you know, the more you you want to know more and the more you want to dig into yourself in in a good way and mm. in a in a healthy way because obviously you want to you know you want to explore all the things that didn't work for you and especially with your your family and your your past so you you look at it in a healthy way then the opportunity is there to actually you know get peace from it you know and i think that's the biggest thing is like the forgiveness of understanding yeah. life and and obviously, you know, even your if your parents were not nice to you, or you know, you know, but you know, they had their own shit, yeah. You know, and nobody showed them what to do, you know. And that's mm. probably the thing that sometimes we're stuck in that motion of like, oh, they were so they were mean to me. you know, you know, they were. But then when you actually look at their life mm. and the life before that, it's almost like they're just being they're just doing what they've been you know they've done yeah. to them, you know. So I guess it's just more of that. And I mean, the more you sort of look in those things, it opens you up and then that openness allows you to be more like understandable about life and and have a, a general view that, you know, you know, life is life is good. But, you know, mm. I think that we always are working on things. And, and, and for me too, like, you know, like now there's, there's always things I have to work on and it's it's ongoing, you know. I mean, I think until you, you move on, it's, it's it doesn't, you know, yeah it's ongoing and it's good you know mm. it, it's it, i'm always in that phase of like you know you're given you're always a given time to learn and to to, to do better you know mm. so but yeah no man Such it's a life you know yeah yeah, yeah. That's cool. wow, lover. also it's, it has been an absolute pleasure oh uh, man. absolute pleasure michael just the level of self-awareness the level mm. of internalizing but also the tenacity to push through um and just the background the, the, from humble beginnings to what you're doing now it's incredible incredible r very philosophical so in terms of the way yeah. you think um and it's like you don't you you've been vulnerable but you don't have to be vulnerable it's like because you, you're just being yourself like you talk about authentic, authenticity mm. and it's just there's it's a beauty of it that you just speak frankly and you're you're honest about who you are and, and your journey thus far and brother just it brings forth a lot of, I guess, a lot of peace, but not only a peace, but also an understanding of, man, what we can do as men. Like, mm. just you speaking, just yeah. as, as, as we communicate as, as men and even people who are watching or, view, or, or viewing this, I can guarantee they're going to they're gonna get a lot of the, out mm. of this. Out yeah. of the, the Tarano. So thank you so much. Oh, amen. It's a pleasure. I mean, it's, it's, it's a real honor to, um, because obviously, you know, we, it's, it's nice to share because you know we we all turns of like you will listen to people, and I think that's broken, right? You know that mm. that thing in family where you used to talk. No, nobody talks now, and I guess mm. this is now the opportunity to sort of share stories with people and 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 just be open about it. Because I mean, no one no one's perfect, man. I mean, that's mm. a that's the thing, right? We all think that 
you know, especially we don't have any role models growing up. And I guess speaking for myself, it's like, it's hard to sort of like, don't know how to be a father when you don't, you didn't have that in front of you, you know? And I think that's where we learn or we didn't learn enough as that early, those early parts of your life. And then when you're, when you have a family yourself, you actually don't know how to be, you know, because you're sort of like, you think this is the way it's done. But then when that way doesn't work, you know, you don't have any other way. And I think, until that time, I was always like, oh, I, I, I can be okay. But then I see it now, like, you know, unity, family unity is so important. Like, you know, for a child to grow up in that, man, it's it's powerful because obviously they're learning mm -hmm. so much that they can take, you know, when they become younger women and men, it's like, it's important for them, you know. And I guess if we, we've missed out on it and hopefully we can sort of look back and like, reflect and hopefully you know help our children at that time and sort of pass on the the importance of that because it's sort of like yeah we didn't have the opportunity you know so mm. but man thank you for for having me here and sharing the story oh, and pleasure pleasure and hopefully um Matisse will come to life and then <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that will man you will, 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 will. yeah yeah, I, I'm honored also. Just oh, um, such a privilege to sit in front of you and just hear your story. And man, we could go on. Oh, no. There's yeah. so much Let's to <laughs> to um, you know depict and break yeah. down. But um, I know we'll get to meet you again. Hopefully after the opening of your restaurant oh, and then later on we'll chop it up again. But um, yeah, yeah, you're, and you know, you're so cool. Like we man, yeah. we see you on TV yeah. and articles, but. You're just yeah. a normal also, yeah. and, and just hearing your story, especially that backstory, like, man, just, yeah, it's a story of, like, um, it gives hope for any migrant that comes here that mm. had nothing, that can look at you, see someone that looks like us, and, mm. and just out there, like, not just for um, your people, but just for... Polynesian in general, yeah. people mm. in general and so um and you're you know you don't you've never shared any stories of like uh making up excuses for um around you know where you've come from like you've no. just you've got no nah, i belong here i'm the same as you and yeah and you've just grinded through and whoever's around you man that's such a powerful um, example so thank you so much you've helped me so much in terms of some of the stuff i'm internalizing and um battling at the moment but it's like oh man there's this resilience and hope that's there so i think yeah it's, it's it's a good thing because obviously we realize we're all on the same boat <laughs> yeah. like, you know everything that we you know i guess you know i'm lucky enough to have some really positive people in my life mm. like you know even men they're kind of like you know quite close to you know to their faith and it's sort of you learn from people that you look up to sometimes you know and i think they share this story and you you relate to it and i think you realize like we're all on the same boat like yeah. we all battle stuff that are very similar broken families you know things that, that doesn't work and then i guess we share those things and it made it possible for us to think man we can all do it and like, you know it has to be shared in the in the sense like you bring light to it and then we can always like learn from it and then, i mean I, I listen to people talk to and sometimes like it touches you and like wow you know mm -hmm. it's amazing man like life is amazing so you know there are times we're in the dark and we're like you know we always know there's light man there's always light too. there's always light that comes you know it's like yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, mm. uh, yeah, thank you so much, guys, for letting me sit on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. But my gosh, I'm so glad it was this one. So much learning oh. from um, business context. Um, especially when you're, you know, just trying to figure out like those next steps and you just hear how you've kind of journeyed through that. Yeah. I love your um, self-belief. Man, it's just, it's neck level. Like, you know, most people um, talk about, I've got a counsellor, I've got a psychologist, blah, 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 blah. And you just got God in yeah. yourself and you're, um, you have these conversations. And we can all relate to, um, you know, those times when you get a, <laughs> a massive as fussy from your mum and dad, <laughs> hey, or you're just about to, and you're in the room going, what did I do? Like, and you're trying to, and your brother, you know, like threw you in the, threw you, threw you under the bus to get there hiding. Yeah. And so you're sitting there going, and that is all you have. And, you know, I've come across maybe one other person who answered that question like you did, you know, like, what's your biggest achievement in life? And you're like, man, I, I haven't even got it. I haven't got to that yet. Yeah. Um, and I think when you look back, the whole lot makes sense. All yeah. of it, all of the stuff you've done, and your, your um, you. We always talk about humility on the show. You've just reframed it. Well, <laughs> you yeah. live it in a totally different way. You know, we talk about this humility that we're raised up in, in church, and um, you know, and it's almost like a doormat version. Yeah. Like it's almost <laughs> like you lose your autonomy, yeah. your independence to be humble and you show what humble looks like. It's cool. Mm. Like you sit here humbly, you share your experiences humbly, but behind all of it, you're like a silent, silent assassin. And it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. And, like, and for some, and I think in the society as well, there's this real pressure to look like a masculine, like, um, I'm like not me. saying you're not, you yeah. are, but there's this pressure to look like um, the certain like um, uh, uh, extra extroverted yeah, yeah. version of a male, mm. but y you show that um, you know for those men who don't have that temperament or that mm. personality, that you can still be an assassin, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. do it quietly and um, humbly. It's just yeah, you've man, you've taken. You've yeah. taught me so much tonight. Oh, it's been so yeah. amazing. Yeah, I was, yeah. I'm just uh, maybe I was here to remind you guys, but you already have it. You know what I mean? Like you, you just have it. It's just sort of nice to hear people talk about things differently, and it's always been the way, man. I mean, for all of us too. You know, like yeah, it's. I guess for me, it always comes down to faith. You know, that's a big part of my life that I think made a massive difference. Is obviously moving into that more and just knowing that's there, regardless, it's never gonna leave, right? It's always gonna be there, day out, day in. You know, it's always there. So it's not like you had to pay for it. And just Man. even your um, just teaching us about the artistry and the science behind um, food. Man, I'm not gonna look. That I'm to look me is different been, now. That to yeah. me has been fascinating. Just mm. even the um, yeah, and how you've incorporated because I work in mental health, you know, and I'm mm. like and well being, and you just. Showed what food can do to emotions, yeah. mental, physical. It's crazy. Well, and we always talk well about sugar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really appreciate yeah. you sharing the science yeah. and yeah. The, mm. the intellect behind it. That's been fascinating. So fascinating. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Amazing. amazing. I feel like I'm going to cry now. <laughs> no, no. Not for real. Oh, no, we're trying to. Yeah. Well, one more speech. One more speech. We actually get to keep this forever. This yeah, piece yeah. forever. Yeah. Generations from now will, um, generations from now will watch this. Um, and they'll, man, whoever yeah. watches it will get so much out of it. Yeah.
I hope so. I, mean, I guarantee. It's, it's, it's you know, it's always that voice, right? Sometimes it's just you know, and I was in the same shoes. Like you just needed, you just needed someone to say something that yeah. triggers you, and that's that trigger that you know. There's a drive in everyone, and we all have that. You know, yeah. I think it's just something that will trigger us to to perform. And sometimes triggers are not healthy. You know, it's like we all gone through processes that, but it, it, it but it gives you a drive to that next purpose. That you know, if you're aware enough and you're looking for those answers, you're always gonna you know always gonna be shown. But you know, you need to have the trigger that something that pulls you to stand up and like, okay, I'm gonna do something for me. You know, yeah. It's like. It's like when people actually decide to just give up drinking, <laughs> there's a trigger that mm. just like they realize like, no, I can't do this anymore. And so, and that's a, the real trigger that regardless what you go back, it's a reminder of like, no, you've been here before many times, so you got to like stop mm. that now. So, yeah. Mm, Damn. That's cool. Gonna quit now. We're really blessed. I'm really blessed. We're really blessed tonight. I'm yeah. also, thank you so much. But we always give our guest a, a gift, um, Michael. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and so also uh, we always do a bit of a caricature of our, our guest, a bit of a, how we envision them to be. Cool. So, so this is on behalf of the Mandate team. This is um, for you, so. Oh, man. Jeez. <laughs> Doesn't even look like me, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a Palangi guy. <laughs> That's awesome, though. <laughs> and also, also when, when uh, Metita's opened up, this is a champagne for you to, to celebrate oh. uh, for, from the Mandate oh, team. Dude. Thank you. So. <laughs> oh, seriously, man. You can, when you guys keep this here and then we open Metita, you can cheer for me, right? On the show. Oh, yeah, nice. okay, we'll Thank you for this, but yeah. I, 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 I want you to have this. So. Cool. You know, it's like that Samoan culture. You give, yeah. you give back. You give back. You give back. <laughs> no, but yeah, share, share it with, you, with me when um, when we open. So, like, yeah. So oh. keep, it, keep it chill, man. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And now yeah. I can touch it until yeah. the opening. Yeah, yeah. yeah Not far off. Not yeah. far off. Like, ooh. Probably yeah. two more months. Yeah. Two more months. But now yeah, we're in we're October. We're. In October. So, yeah. Oh, it's, awesome. it's coming. Take a video and shh. Yeah. Yeah, we will, we will, we we'll do yeah. that for sure. But um, Michael, is there, is there a guest? Any any um, people you think that would be ideal to come on the podcast? Anyone that you can think of from the top of your head? Like, oh, that would be perfect That's to come awesome. on. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to. I do have a. Yeah, I, I have a a, a a guy that um, it's like a brother of mine that he sort of he, he does a lot of work out here. Um, so I, he's he's he's. A, he, He's in the church, so oh, yeah. maybe I'll, I'll, I'll ask him to uh, if he's keen to come on board. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah, oh, awesome. yeah. So he does a he does a lot of work in Manurewa, and cool. he's from Australia. He's 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 um, yeah, he's he's Arabic. You know, he's it's not an island guy, but yeah, he's it, oh wow, cool, so, cool. Yeah, yeah I'll ask awesome. him. Ask no, him if he wants sure. to, uh, yeah, awesome. It comes it comes out, but there's there's a, some few brothers out there that you know. Be nice for them to sort of share mm. their wisdom and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Cause it's, it's good. Oh, yeah, I'll ask them and then I'll uh, put them in contact with you guys. Cool, cool. we'll do that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But we always give our, our guests the last words, last words of encouragement for our men out there, or to our viewers and our listeners. Um, any last words of did you want to share? Yeah, I mean, I guess I mean the, the journey in itself. It's 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 long, you know. And I think the biggest thing is probably. Having that perseverance and, and belief, 
in yourself and obviously the, the long term and, and things that you probably want to work on on yourself I mean I think that's probably the self-discovery that you know that's the end of it you know the benefit of of knowing yourself what you should be you know I think that's always the thing that you long to be you know and I think those things are important to work, to work towards that you know I'd be a great father a great husband you know and all those things of, of yourself that you want to work on and I think those are the things that long term will give you that peace you know and, and and I guess the you know forgiving things that is not working for you I think that's probably mm. for me it's probably the, the turning point of life that sometimes you gotta look at you know so but yeah Embrace life, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome, cool. man. Yeah. Maro lover. Well, thank you once again, Michael, for your time. Uh, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. Look forward to your well thought out comments. And so, once again, team, refine, take charge, we, unlock, unlock, unlock. <laughs> take, take charge. charge. <laughs> Mandate.